stream started. Let me just double check on YouTube. Make sure it is. Yeah. No, they can hear me. Crap. What's up?
this is Dave. Hello, hello. Head of marketing at a catch up Are we on? Are we here? We are live. What's good to the A community? You know what this is. It's Prime Minds. It is Saturday, April 8th. And this is the first show back after White Paper 2.0. I think I remember doing a White Paper 1.0 deep dive and, and podcast, but this is the uh, second iteration, the second version of the White Paper. And today, you know, we usually are about three deep, but By the Dip is off on a nice little road trip somewhere. So it's just me and the homie Mac. Mac, what's good, man? How you feeling? I'm doing great, man. I mean... I know the ho- we got the homie dip out in the Grand Canyon right now, so uh, he's uh, definitely nowhere near where he can get reception. So we're here just, we're going to pump it. We're going to do Prime Minds right. Just keep on pushing, man. I'm excited. The show must go on. The show must go on, brother. And mm-hmm. I, am ex- I am extremely excited to come on and talk about the uh, white paper today, man. The, the new drop is dope. Super white dope. paper 2.0, man. I, I know. Um, you know what? I feel I feel very good. Like I think I was like a day late in reading it, but I read it. I took my time with it. You know, I I, I cuddled under the uh, uh uh a nice candle and just went through the white paper. The best thing I think about this is that it's more of a um you know the thesis that Champions has. Um, it's more fleshed out. It's it, it gave us more details. It gave us more a glimpse into the vision of of where the game is, what they're thinking where it's going and how this will actually be implemented and and it could be played through and how the game will play. So I was just excited to see more details to everything. But what stood out, Mac? Like, what what do you think? Because we, you know, people that's been here since day one, we're following it along. What is, um what kind of stuff got, like, what was different from 1.0, white paper 1.0 and 2.0? And did you have any surprises or anything like that? Like, what stuck out to you? Uh, the the major major difference to me that stuck out was tokenomics. Man. Like they, they were talking about tokenomics and having coins on white paper 1.0. They specifically said got rid of that on 2.0. So that was extremely surprising to not only myself but I think a lot of people. We'll talk. We'll touch on that more. Some pretty good tokenomics in there. Yeah, I seen some some new things mentioned in the white paper and maybe some things that were mentioned before that are not on there. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but like, um, I don't know. Now we'll wait till we get there. We'll wait till we get there. Um, so now, so you're, you're glad to see some of those tokenomics. You know, one of the things that I think we touched on earlier, man, one of our very old early episodes, we were talking to a developer and they were saying how big of a role the maestros will play in the game. Mm-hmm. And like when you when you're going through it and, and you take like um the long term view of this, like you realize when the game rolls out, like when the game is ready for mass consumption, the whole thing will be about the maestros and the uh going through the game as a maestro, customizing your maestro and, and having that attachment to your character and then trying to do as much in the game as possible. Oh yeah, maestro so, huge. Mm-hmm. And like to me, it's like the the free to play element, which I, I don't know if I don't know if that's new, but it's like Maestro jumping in there for no money at all, uh, just internet connection and the equipment. You're playing the Maestro, you're playing the game, 
And so it's free to play with just really in-game purchases and unlocks that, that, that will drive the economy. But again, we will get into that. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was like the, the uh, biggest thing that stood out to me. First, man, in honor of Dip, I know Dip's not here, so we're not going to go too deep into the economy. You know, Dip's our, our local uh, economist, tokenonymous guy. But let's touch on it a little bit just for, uh, just for the sake of habit. Here's what I'm noticing, man. Here's what I'm noticing real quick is like, and I think we might have talked about this before, is you don't, like, I, it doesn't matter if we have an expert on here or not. Like, the economy is doing such, like, the craziest shit. There's no way you can kind of uh, determine if it's if we're going to be okay, if, it, if a bear and a recession and depression is coming, or if we're just going to have sideways action, like, for the next few years. But oh, what's yeah. sticking out, man, about the economy? What do you think? The biggest things that are going on right now with the economy is everything that's been happening with the U.S. dollar and uh, the, the BRICS reserve currency. Um, there's been chatter, and uh, it's been in the news a little bit more recently um, with the uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South, South Africa. Um, those countries are trying to essentially create their own new reserve currency to replace the dollar as the world's reserve currency which that's, oh i've seen that that's huge like it for that is anybody, that's those are fighting words man those I are mean, that's that, that that's some deep shit right there that's that's like <laughs> major like world changing plays right there so We'll just touch lightly on it. <laughs> yeah, not that I, I understand it all, but like definitely the U.S. dollar is the global currency, mm -hmm. right? It's like in, in every all those countries you named actually still has a stake in the U.S. dollar. India, China, all of them. It's, you know, a, a lot of the um, uh, like like we use the, like we just partnered economies, but they they pay everything back in U.S. dollars, right? So yeah. I think I think they're kind of hedging their bets too, which is like, hey, we can start uh, a currency that can compete with with the dollar, and not have to rely so heavily on what what you know what the dollar does. That's exactly so. what they're doing, and it, it does it also come into effect that like with us putting sanctions on them, we have uh, kind of put a stranglehold on their economies. Who wants to be held back? It's like. It's not something that another country would appreciate by any means of the terms. So if they have an opportunity to create something that's their own, that they can't be sanctioned in that way, they can have more, essentially free trade, right? Yeah. So it's I don't it's I understand, but if that if that happens, um, they're trying to create something that goes against both the the euro and the dollar, right? So. Mm -hmm. All of Northern Europe and Western Europe and the United States of America would be greatly impacted by this change. A complete lifestyle yeah. difference. So um, there will be there will be competition. Yeah, there'll be competition. Is this so? This currency that they're making is that is that backed by anything? Is that I think we were talking a dip before this. Like, is that what will be backed by gold, or are they having plans for that? That I have or research into. Just, I mean, just talking with Dib before he was saying something about uh, being back by gold, but I haven't been able to read that or find that anywhere yet. No. But again, I haven't mm -hmm. done the research because I don't trade. <laughs> I don't trade the markets. 
like that. Yeah. So, yeah. No. Oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. The other. I mean, besides, that's something definitely to watch for. You know. Um. Shit. There's this things are happening very in unpredictable, unpredictable ways. Um. The other thing is that crypto's doing pretty good. I think like the the fear of um inflation and everything and people just trying to find a spot like uh cuz when you when you can when you can put your currency into something uh like a tangible asset you know like crypto isn't really tangible but it shows ownership but when you can put it into a, an an asset that you own you're kind of safe from the inflation right if if the the value of the dollar goes down and everything else stays the same then then the thing that you own goes up in terms of the dollar or or, or the currency well, yeah, so yeah. I think that might be a reason crypto is doing well. Cryptocurrency is what just the set. It is what the second half of the word is. It's a currency, right? So you can treat it just like any other thing. You can just keep it as a store of value in case your currency's value goes down. And that's kind of what's going on right now with Dollar Bill. So a lot of currencies, mm-hmm. right? And so people are valuing these cryptocurrencies as a better store of value than the fiat currencies that are out there so right yeah and uh and i know we've talked about this before too but um when it comes to the housing market like it looks like that will be the last leg of a suffering economy if the housing market starts to suffer people's the first step to that is people losing their jobs which is happening especially in the tech sectors I think the last report was like uh, over a million jobs lost this year, like right over a million jobs lost. It's it's pretty hard to afford a mortgage when people don't have an income. And then the next step to that is oversupplying the housing market. And then while the, the prices are still high, because nobody wants to move or do anything in the market, once we get enough of a supply and oversupply, if folks start to lose their homes, then that's when we see another slump in the housing market. So it's, again everything i think it's just more of a wait and see in the economy and i me myself personally i might be looking into a little bit more real estate but that's just me not financial advice no and none none of this on this podcast is ever financial advice (laughs) uh not ever um i would definitely say real estate's not ever a bad play unless you're you buy something that's just got decrepit property that on it right then you're taking a big right. risk but real estate is always a good play um, even if you have to buy when as long as you're not buying at high price high interest rate you're good to go even if right. the price is high and interest rates are low you'll be able to pay it off the price is lower but the interest rate is high interest rates will eventually go back down when they get high right we saw it go down right 2.75 or 2.65 at some point was lowest for some people. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I worked at the bank, I worked with a lady who had bought her house in uh, the 70s, I believe she said, and her house was $35,000, but she had a 15% interest rate. So. I mean, yeah. It was rates, high, but we don't get it. Yeah. It, like, we don't understand that. We went through it like, abnormally period uh low period of interest rates for a while long time right one percent two percent zero fucking percent three percent like that's so low even at what i think we're like eight percent now or something i don't even know but still anything under double digits is is still either moderate or low compared to just the history of the country yeah 
I think the um, best thirty-year mortgage that you can get right now is like I think it might almost be seven percent, six and a half or seven percent, depending on how much they went up, uh, mm-hmm. or if they've graduated. Right. Yeah, it's it's high interest rate, man. It's not. It's it's more than doubled, practically tripled from the low that we were at a year and a half ago, two years ago. So yeah, yeah, in um, recent history, it is it is shock considering that. It was that recent that we saw this, but right, right, and I and I think you just said it too, though. It's like right now the prices are still high, and the interest rate is getting higher, so not the best time. But I think there will be some movement in the housing property market where the price will go low, but the interest rate will continue to climb. But that might be another sweet spot, right? With like you said, like with the price low, interest rate high, it might be worth buying. Not when both are high. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which yep. gets me to, I think, even even back to the white paper, man, and, and we can we can even dive into it. Yep. Is the thing I was most excited about, but we'll I think we'll go page by page. Let's but the see. thing I was most excited about from the beginning of the game, or even just getting in, yep. was the land and the development part, and we got a, a lot more information on that. We did as to how we can, uh, you know, do some, you know, the economy will work and, and get some earnings here. Yep. But uh, shit, you got the stream on. Just a second. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mm-hmm. know that I know that we're missing dip right now, but um, we do have we do have a uh, a, a loyal fan and a, a longtime supporter, a man backstage, Bonzaga. I'm gonna go ahead and bring. Oh, him up. let me see. He said he would. Uh, the the homie B. Come, be happy to come and join us today and give us a little bit of his insight. Um, we just watched the last. I watched the last episode of Bone uh, Zone. And it was a great song. episode. And uh, oh, get him up here. I yeah, that's moving, it. Let, I keep moving him. To let's all ask progress. him about that. Oh yeah, no. Let's ask him about up. the Bones on episode. Let me talk. What, what that was about and what's going on. He was Bonzaga. Bringing Bonzaga to the stage. Welcome back to Prime Minds, Bonzaga. Thanks for joining us today, man. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Prince Bonzaga. Yes, sir. What's up, man? Explain, explain the uh, explain the PFP. What, what do you got there? Yeah, so as you may remember, I've been banned a couple of times from Discord. <laughs> no, not you. Not, not a possibility. Sweet, not the sweet Bonzaga. Yeah, and so this is actually from Sphinx, and the title is the Exiled Prince, and so this is my my uh, my Carcadon. And with generated with AI art. Oh, dope! Yeah, you got some, you got some good art anyway, man. You got you've actually got a lot of great things in in CA. So I know you were in, in uh, uh, you had the Carcadon already. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I've got mm-hmm. a few a few renditions of it. Uh, I know one of the other users, um, you know, donated a, a piece to me as well when I I gave them a um, Prime Eternal and. They they rewarded me with like a, a PFP kind of oh, thing. Oh, cool! Too. Look at yeah. that, nice, nice, nice. So, uh, you had episode of Bones on. What was that one about? Your last one? I didn't see it yet. The white paper preview two point oh. What, you, <laughs> what are your thoughts, man? I asked Mac, like, what, um, like, what, what do you? Did anything surprise you? Like, what do you? What are your thoughts on that? Because one point came out, two point I'm sure it's a lot more, a lot more details. I'm sure you got a lot more thoughts, but did anything surprise you when 2.0 came out? Well, when I before the AMA, 
you know, I was concerned about the land, you know, that we were all promised as founders. Right. But, but after the AMA, I, I feel good about that. You know, I, I, it's not even a worry anymore. So that's cool. Yeah. Was, yeah. Cause it wasn't mentioned. There was a huge difference yeah. between the white paper and that before and after the AMA for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's, I've mentioned that actually, um, that King Dev is that is they, sh you know, in my opinion, they should have included that as part as part of it. Yeah, some of the perks explaining how that process is, but yeah, I guess we just had to wait a little bit for them to clear it up. Well, and and what the you know, Cass Messina said was that they they didn't include it because the white paper is supposed to address the general population and the general public, and so they didn't feel like they had to include those details. But I think they should have personally. I can see both sides. But as as long as like we know that the land is coming and it's, it's the same from what I understand too, and I, I kind of had that qu this question still, but um, that it is the type of land that we can use and develop and and um, you know earn off of or build on pretty much. It's the same type of land, but with just extra maybe extra functionality to it. Yeah, I think so. so. I think it's I think it's more about where it's located. I think that. Uh, the the founding land might be, you know, prime real estate where like the sanctioned land might be a little bit farther out or a little bit less less desirable, just slightly. Okay. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. yeah I guess we'll see. Mm -hmm. And it it might just be cool to have the founders' land, right? Because you know we're the OGs in there, and that's where you know the founders' land will be. But you, do you want to uh, stay, stay on Gonzaga? Well, I think we're going to go page through page, page by page, and just do a deep dive, like, you know, talk about right. how I feel about, yeah, about that's each cool. one. Yeah, Mac, that's awesome. Mac, you want to break into it? Yeah, for sure. So I just I just had pulled up really quick the map um, on the stream. If you guys are looking at watching the stream, uh, there's a Maestro's Quarters right here to the west of the Coliseum. And I really wonder if that's where they're going to try and put some founders land. Ah. We'll see though, boys. Why? Because we'll the see. maestro. Because it's the uh, maestro's corner. Uh, what do you think? Why? Yeah, just because it's the maestro's corners. But. Mm -hmm. We'll see. We shall see. Yeah. 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 Mad shout out to Dip because he does this all the time on the fly. He needed Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Moving all the pictures. No, I get it. Yep. So here's the white paper right here. Open up a new page. Well, welcome to the world of Messina. A lot of this, I, I think. I think most of the folks, you know, that are in in the game already know, but we'll touch on it anyway, just to have like a complete, comprehensive version of the white paper. Yep. So pretty much, I mean, they start out and introduce you to what the concept of it is: collect, train, equip, manage your own stable of brave and brutal gladiators. So I mean, um, there's a lot that they are wrapping up in this one package, boys. Yeah. I mean, I think the theme park concept doesn't even quite under it's an understatement as to what they're trying the concept of what they're outlaying in building. 
this. So, mm -hmm. are you on? Um, we can start from the first page. Where are you at right now? Yeah, this is the very first page. I've got some some major some major points up here that I wanted to talk about, or we can just go through mm -hmm. them. But I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There is a lot of stuff, and there's Easter eggs all over in this gameplay or in this white paper voice all, all right well, let's go man let's go where so i'm looking at the first page that says welcome to the lord of messina is that yeah. where you're at no i'm at the right now i was just showing everybody the gameplay and now we're going through the collecting the sand page so in the game overview. all right um so pretty much as it goes tells you right here about all the ways that uh you're going to be able to use your champion, right? I know, Benzaghi, you've thrown this up, this illustration up on the Bone Zone. Um, it's pretty comprehensive. Yeah, I think what's interesting, too, is that in that gameplay, you, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're you're playing as a champion. You, you can also be playing as your maestro and doing other things, too, besides combat, you know? Yep. Let's see, that comes, uh, here's again the map. It shows you're going to have, uh, the maestro stuff comes right down here. Where, uh, it says maestros are similar to the trainer or manager in Pokemon. They maintain their stable champions, right? You're going to be able to customize it. That was one thing I didn't have an opportunity to get a video of, and I thought you did a great job in Bone Zone, was the customization of your character. Um, yeah, and what's interesting is, um, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying they don't really give you a lot of options, but yeah, ahead. exactly. That's exactly my what I was about to say was, um, I was just, um, I did a a stream with a a MMO streamer named Dot Game, and um, he, that was one of his questions at the very end was, you know, do you th do I think they're going to implement more customization options for your character? Oh, I would hope so. Yeah, yeah, me too. And and that's what I I told myself. You know, I and I when I logged on and created my maestro, I was just like, Ugh. but um, <laughs> but I, you, you got to tell yourself this is this is prototype stuff. You know, this is like, I mean, two years from now when we have like the slider bars where we can make our guy fat or not. You know, it's like that's <laughs> that's all coming down the road. You know. Oh yeah. Yes. This is just like. Hey guys, we're giving you more than just base options that we had in AI put together for you. So you can, you can have a couple choices. Right? But yes. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. And then on top of that, the thing is, like, these again are just base choices. They're already, like, later in this white paper, they talk about pets having costumes. So if they're already thinking about pets having costumes, you'd know they're going to have all different types of costumes based on the. Um, what they gave seven or eight different um, origin places that these maestros come from that you can choose from. So, <laughs> right. I mean, they they are they are laying out in this white paper. If you read read it carefully, that this is going to be an extremely detailed, diverse game with literally they say millions of different options. Mm. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, and for a beginning implementation, it's not bad either. You know, they could have just said, you know, this is your maestro, it's one person. But, you know, you can pick either male or female, you can pick some hair colors, you can pick some, you know, clothing options. So it's not bad. It's just, 
it's not what we're used to with like today's game, you know. No, I think the big thing here that they talk about though is uh, right here in this paragraph it says Maestro rolls a niche occupied by the humans who possess their own unique soul-like energy called anima. When a champion and a human maestro bond, they share this anima energy, and together the right combination of talent and willpower can can become unstoppable. So, wow. Yeah. That's pretty much saying like, hey, if you have, if you play with one champion over and over and over again, you'll be like Ash. Like they literally say Pokemon right here, so think Ash and Pikachu right there is what they're trying to say that the people can do. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So I wonder what kind of kind of development that will look like, like as far as like progression or leveling or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like a friend mode, uh, like you take Pokemon for walks and your Pokemon go and you get candies. Those. Yeah, so you would have to play the maestro. So even even people that hold multiple um, prime, even multiple prime eternals, they will still have to pay play their maestro just to have that advantage, right? To to create that bond where they'll both be better, willpower and become unstoppable, right? So it's like for like the like I, like I said up top is the maestro character. I think is. It seems like like the game they're going to roll out. It will be the maestro will be the star of of the game, and the, and then the PE will just be like the coolest thing in the game. Mm, I think your maestro. Well, they even say um, that you can use the maestro or your um, character. Right. Right. So they say. Like you don't have to walk around. You can choose to move it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they they talk about it further down in, in the uh the white paper as we get in. They'll talk about it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, just, I get it, but they still want you to play with the maestro too. Hundred percent. Like hundred yeah. percent. But the big thing they want you to do is fight. So like well, I think so just from my from what I'm thinking is the maestro is the the entry point for people that don't own a prime. And mm -hmm. so that's gotta be, that's gotta be really cool and really appealing, you know, that you can customize it. You can do all kinds of things with your maestro because that's what most, like if we think about the millions, if, if there's a million players, there's only like, you know, 1700 eternals. So they're, they're trying to create this maestro scenario. So that way they can appeal to the mass public, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, they specifically even say that in the end of this chap this paragraph it says uh champions or players who don't own a champion can use their maestro to explore the world. And that met the renting or the battle pass will allow them to earn the resources which they can eventually use to own a champion. So they will make it a free to play and the the maestro will be at that point your only access to the game at all. So mm -hmm. you're one of yeah, I, think I know Great call, B. Yep, yep. And I know we'll get there, man, but I'm going I'm to put this question out now. If you can play with the Maestro free-to-play and you can earn, like, for instance, Messina, or earn your way into getting a champion, where where does that come from if you're doing free-to-play? We can answer that now or later. Listen, where will they be coming from? <clears throat> where, would, where, where, would the, where would the champion come from that you can earn? Is that going to be an NFT, and is there a limited amount of those for free-to-play players? Like, like if you're playing free-to-play, and you're not putting any money into the game, mm -hmm. 
but you're earning a champion, where does that like where does that champion come from? And is there a limited amount? Yeah, I was wondering that too. That was one of the questions they asked today was um, you know, basically can you earn a champion without paying for it? The only way I seems like you can. It says yeah. you can in here. Well the only way I would see you being able to do something like that is um getting enough assets that you would have enough to be willing or have enough assets that aren't a champion to trade for someone that's worth uh, a champion, right? Or to sell the assets for the in mar in marketplace coin that you could buy a champion with. Oh, then buy one that's like you're, for sell, like with yeah. gold or whatever. Yeah, well, and it did. When mm -hmm. we get to the marketplace, it'll talk about it a little bit more, right? But essentially, you would be farming resources to sell for an asset that could then use that asset to buy a champion. But does that champion come from us or does that or will CA generate some with their battle pass? I don't I, the battle pass is only going to be primes is what it sounds like. So um let's start with oh, yeah, like access access to primes. It I don't think it's yeah. I don't think it says to start with at all anywhere. We could like said so we'll we, get there. We'll we get could there. We could jump. We could jump all around let's, in this thing, boys. <laughs> we could. I don't know. You want to go? Let's go page by page again, man. I think. I think all right. All right. Let's take a step we're, back. Yeah. We're over here at battle. Uh, okay. If you want to step back, this one was something oh, yeah. I definitely yeah. wanted to show, um, because it's t this is the main point, right? Combat experience just won't be limited to the arena. Players can also use their champions to explore dungeons and player-generated challenges. So that was a huge thing. Like, obviously, this right here on the screen is the arena, right? That's where yeah. most of the fighting is going to be done. That's the main attraction for Champions Ascension. But there's lots of other stuff that they're going to have too. Um, let's see. Which, which I think is a little bit ironic because I think that, honestly, I think that combat only appeals to a limited number of people. And I think everything else that surrounds that, you know, like mining and gathering, crafting, the, the quests and stuff, mm -hmm. I think is more appealing to me than than combat. You know, I think that yeah. out of like 100 people, you know, maybe maybe five or ten want to do combat, you know. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing, though, is combat in the arena is maybe different than combat, right? Because think about it, like... Yeah, yeah, that's true. If you had an open world combat situation, or the, where it's probably going to be the PVE, hopefully, where you don't, it's more like what we've experienced for three v three combat, right? Uh, and it's NPC characters or computer controlled characters like you would face in any game out there. What's the difference between doing that or playing something like uh, Zelda, right, or Genshin Impact, or? Any game that you're walking, I mean, shit, Grand Theft Auto is the same. You walk around and find people on the, that are protecting a certain resource, or uh, you're going to try and steal something from, and you shoot them and kill them, right? Like, it's all sandbox yeah. fighting. So that's what that I think that would be totally justifiable for non-arena combat and be a blast. <laughs> I think it would be a blast still. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it, a lot of people are looking games. forward to it. 
Yeah. So the, the one in the arena, it's just really, really a different game. But I think from, from what they say, it's always been the main game. So even like if some people don't like it, they don't have to play it. But if you do like, you know, the, the battle fighting game type, types of games and you're good at it, then you're going to get the most value uh, rewards, like specifically like the you can earn the most, I think, doing the arena fighting. <laughs> yeah, Johnny, Johnny specifically talked said it multiple times during the AMA. Uh, if you're good, you'll get better rewards. You'll do better if you're better right so yeah yeah and that was too to even like you know even zoom out a bit here like that was a, I guess a little bit of a surprise but you kind of knew that's where they were going the whole time so that's why they're making the, the the game and they mentioned several times like they don't want people just extracting value out of the game and we when we talked about it like that's what we appreciated with the project and so you can see in this that they don't ever use the word staking in this white paper 2.0 like, they don't want just passive staking. They want people to be involved. There's going to be ways you can earn passively. Johnny even said at the AMA. But you're going to do the best to get the most value out of this game if you're actually playing it and, and you know, you contribute to the game experience, which I, I, which I like. I'm for that. Well, yeah, I, mean, I think that's also a, probably a legal, legal thing, too, you know? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't, just, you can't just do staking, right? It, it changes... No, it because changes in, the term of everything from passive active to passive, uh, right? Revenue generation, which is not, I mean, fine line, very fine line, and lots of different yeah, taxes, yeah. lots of complications and regulations. So let's all yeah. stay away from oh, that. Let's so let's not, so let's not stake, yeah, let's not stake, let's play the game and have yeah. a game asset. I mean, there's going to be a ton of different ways to play the game, too. Man. Like, I know Benzag is talking about. He doesn't like to necessarily battle like what it's been um, in there, but they're gonna have it. Even says up here, right here, team-based PvP, free for all. Which this is a wonderful picture of a free for all match. That's and, so cool. Uh, Bunzag is already called out <laughs> in the white paper. Bunzag is in the white paper. Um, I mean, <laughs> there's gonna be PVE. I, I I really hope they have the open world combat too. You know what I mean? AI controlled auto battles. Like, if you don't like to go in and play what is currently available, that doesn't necessarily mean there's not going to be something for you in this game. So, yeah. Let's get, let's uh, flip the page though. Go on to gear. Forging gear is the next mo thing that they want us to kind of touch on. So. Oh, yeah. That has to do with some of the earnings here. Yes, the gear is pretty much going to be the big portion of where you get your earnings from, from what it sounds like, um, unless you are specifically a prime owner uh, or a content creator or however they want to gate that. Um, but they're pretty much... Mm -hmm. uh, they, they said that, you know, there's going to be three options for forging gear. You have the Bonesmith, which is right here on the right. Mm -hmm. We've got the Osteomancer, which is our lovely character here on the left. And then you have player-owned forges. Um, the player-owned forges are only going to be purchasable with Messina. I'm, they're going to have to be on land, which will hopefully only be purchasable with Messina. We'll see how they end up rolling that out based on what they've said. Um, 
but essentially um, those are your only three options and your the bonesmith is going to be bonesmith and osteomancer will be from ca and the forges will all be character or player owned player owned on sanctioned land Mm-hmm. through Messina and actually upkept through Messina. I know I'm getting a little ahead, but still, right? It's like uh, a, a lot of that, like when, when I was looking at this, is this is also ways to flush, right? Is that what they call it? Like, or, you know, flush some of the resources Sink. or some of the in-game value? Sink it. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Even when we talked to uh, our, our old school homie, the first uh, tokenomics guy. Mr. Zero. Oh, his name too. Zero cool. Yeah. He went he went through he told us you know, he taught taught us about the whole process. So we want to sink as much things as possible for the economy. So this is also part of that. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and it's too like I want to get a Benzaga's opinion actually on this before I say how I feel. Uh <laughs> I think I know what you're gonna say. Uh, I don't know. Let's hear what you got. I, I want to... I, I, yeah, okay. So I've got the before the AMA opinion and after the AMA opinion. Okay. Right. Give us your process. So before the AMA, I was pretty disappointed with this idea that uh, CA was going to have these these NPCs people could go to and not go to us, you know, with our and use our forges to craft their gear. Mm -hmm. And so I see that. So after the AMA, I'm okay with it because what it sounds like is it reminds me if you go to like any NPC in lots of the MMOs like World of Warcraft or like Dark Age of Camelot or you know a lot of them, you can get these base items that are basically garbage that nobody really uses. You know, like when you're first starting the game or if you're if you just need a weapon when you just leveled up, you just get the very basic type of item. And that's what I see the the Bonesmith is providing. And then if they want to customize that weapon, like let's say I, I go to the Bonesmith, I buy some sword, but I don't like that it has intelligence on it. I want to add strength instead. You know, they have to go to us in order to like customize their weapon and add the stats that they want to it. And so for me, I'm okay with that because that to me shows like a player can min-max. You know, that a player can, they, they're going to have to go through us in order to really get the most out of the game versus just buying the basic item. Mm. And it's kind of a funnel so that they go in and, and they get their base item and that gives them more of a reason to come to us so that they can, uh, you know, get get a better use out of it or upgrade it. Yeah, so, so, so I'm okay with that. Good. The only thing that I didn't like about the Osteomancer was that it said that basically they would be able to get some of the most rarest, unique, most, you know, powerful items in the game from the Osteomancer by kind of doing like a gambling type thing. And so I didn't really like that because there's nothing there's no nothing that we have like that that we can provide the user to do the same, you know. Mm, right. You get back random things. Yeah, it could was be like better, could be worse. Yeah, so like you could give them like 10 basic items and then either get, you know, it's a, it's like a gamble. You could either get a crappy item back or you could get something that is way better than anyone could ever craft, you know. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. That's true. It would be it would be uh, interesting if they gave us that ability too, right? And it's almost like you're you're the house, like you're the casino. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, you come out on top. I mean, unless okay, unless you can do the same thing. You know, let's say I go get this badass one of a kind item from the Osteomancer, 
And now I want to go forge it and, and make it even better with the stats that I want. I mean, that I'm okay with that, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if they're going to let us do that, but that's, I mean, so here's the thing is when I read first read the white paper, uh, when I first read it, I was not too happy with it at all. And then I re kind of reread the, um, the forges page, right? And even before the AMA, I kind of understood what was what they had going on. Um, and and afterwards, I think I my understanding might be a little bit different than yours, Benzaka. So I'd be interested to see who's right. But what I think is, um, the Bonesmith, yes, that's going to be the the place where like free to play players will go to get their cheap cheap weapons, right? Your base stat stuff, um, and then. That's going to be all they can do with it is buy base stat stuff from the Bonesmith. They take that base stat stuff to us. All I thought that we were going to be able to do was change the cosmetic on the on something that came from the Bonesmith. Um, after listening to Johnny's AMA, it definitely sounds like what we will be able to do is craft those same weapons the bonesmith has can craft but ours will come with um imbued abilities because it comes from the forge and with whatever we decide to specialize in right um, i don't i don't know if we'll be able to add those abilities after a weapon has already been created um, for sure we can add cosmetics it sounds like after it's been created i just don't know if those cosmetic like if they're going to be traits that are changing, you know, our fighting abilities in any way, shape, or form, right? Right. Which so. it honestly, and the the game gets as big as um, you know, we all visualize. It, it wouldn't for it to be valuable. It just kind of has to be something that people want. It's it, it could change fighting fighting ability or not, but even just the look of it, right? Just like. Anything you want to wear in real life, like different brands, everybody wants to do mm. Jordans and all that. So yeah. if it looks cool and enough people want it and it's rare, it's going to be valuable still, either way. Yep. But, I mean, that just takes us right into the next page of land ownership. You can't do any of this unless you have land to build a forge on, right? Yeah, baby. So, so, so I just want to make sure, like what I brought up earlier is the founder's land the perk that we get for minting when we minted um we can do all this sound so the founders land should be act just like sanctioned land but also have maybe some extra utility to it so that's oh, yeah. which is good this is what i'm yep. thinking yep that's one thing that again um Benzaga brought it up you brought it up and we'll just reiterate that they specifically said they did not want to put anything in here about founders land because this is supposed to be something for everybody to read Yeah. throughout the rest of while Champions Ascension is live, right? Imagine in five years, someone coming back and reading this and being like, oh, there was Founders Landed here that I missed out on? What the fuck? What is that, right? And it doesn't have anything to do with anyone else. Yeah, yeah I get it. I get it. Yeah, so uh -huh. I understand why they did that. But uh -huh. I mean, they're right. pretty much saying, like, the one of the big things about just this overview page that I wanted to touch on is... Um, the building blueprints, and I mean, that's that's about it. Like, 
there's so many different buildings like you, you, this land how many can we build on? how many buildings can we build on? can we combine mm-hmm. different lands you know what i mean like there's so much they don't touch on in this white paper it, there's so many questions that it brings up um beyond just what they answer yeah. in here man how to and it seems like when we go go more into it, it seems like the building blueprints will they'll come out and they'll be for sale initially. Like I don't know if there's ways you can. I, I guess there's ways you can earn them in the game too. But you can blo- buy the type of blueprint that you want. You can hold it in an NFT or you can use it and have the actual building. Yep. Right. Yep. And then when you have the building too, is like we mentioned that you need the the Messina for the upkeep of the building. So. Cool stuff, man. Yeah, lots of really yeah. stuff. Which I, I mean, I know it's it's like a necessary evil to have that kind of sink, you know, economy yeah. sink. But yeah, I I, I don't like them <laughs> like, as a gamer, you know. <laughs> yeah. I right. hate, I hate durability. I hate rent. I hate like, any kind of micromanagement is just annoying to me. Yeah, I guess that's that, that'll be part of uh, making sure that people are staying active in the game, right? That that's like you're on there. You're going to have to earn the Messina somehow. You're going to have to put the Messina back into your, uh, you know, your land and your buildings mm-hmm. to keep it functionable. Yep. So that's part of just constantly coming on and interacting with the game. Yep. And it's going to be um, a, a fine balance that they're going to have to build between, you know, maintaining activity and allowing people to game at their own leisure. So right? it can't be right. too too heavy of a penalty for not getting on and being, and being active but at the same time you don't want people just unless, unless they want me to retire yeah. from my career and just can pay the bills then you know i just fucking i'll stay on there 40 <laughs> hours a week <laughs> i'll come put in 80 hours a week man fuck it <laughs> you're gonna pay my bills let's see yep. let's see how that works out let's go but even We'll, we'll get into there, man, but it says yep. even you can lease these out to other players, right? You don't have to own them and, 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 and do all the upkeep. Maybe if you lease it, you share the profits and somebody else is doing all the upkeep for you too. Yep. But again, you're probably sharing in some of the uh, thing, some of what you can be earning if you're playing yourself. Yep, definitely. But we'll get there. That's also there. That's also in here. Yeah. All right. So then we'll we'll go into it talks about your champions. Um one one thing I want to say about the land stuff is just that I think that some of it is just that they didn't they probably don't know yet you know so yes like I, I have those questions too you know like I I've got the five the five founders lands and hopefully you know thirteen regular sanctioned land if I participate in the tournament and that you know my questions are like can I combine them can, do I have to use them all do I you know, it's like, how many buildings can I put on them? It's like, there's lots of details yeah. that they probably just don't know yet. Yeah, know? I agree. Right. I agree. Right, right, right. And then, yeah, they even go into, um, like, the, the resource nodes, the different types of resource nodes. And is it going to be random? Are you going to, like, are you going to be able to take get a whole view of the map and, and find a, a place that has a lot of resources you want? Or, you know, you have to get lucky and kind of get a random one where you got a lot of great resources on your land, you know? Yeah. Uh, how big well, each land will be like it's a lot of cool things to think about and that's a i think that's kind of like the, the way things are with the nft space is like they're just random and you know everyone can get anything and i think to me you know i i like the idea that i can pick you know that i can pick where i want my land and it's not just going to be you know what like some crap hole that <laughs> i want to just yeah. sell to someone else but it's yeah. like 
So I don't know, you know. Right, right. We'll see, man. We'll I'm see. still interested. So interested in that land rollout. So interested in a lot of things. Like there's uh, when we'll get there again. But it looks like there's a lot of some real time strategy element to the game too. When we get there yep. with the that uh, neutral land part, but right. but yeah, we'll get there. Go ahead. Going, moving on, <laughs> moving on to the next page. Uh, they again reiterate right here. I'm talking about the champions. Players can also choose to use any champion they own as their avatar in the game rather than the maestro. The question, yeah. though, then becomes um, further on, they talk about um, a maestro's path, right? And the way that you can get these extra, extra additions. And so, um, yeah. If you wonder if you're not playing as your maestro, do you still get those kinds of uh, that activity towards the progression there? So. Right. I think they're going to encourage you playing as your maestro. I think but, you know, you well. see this in the lore, right? You see the champions are flying around while there's, like, regular humans walking around just being awed and, and, and terrified of, uh, you know, the prime eternals that are in the lore. Uh, the little bit I did read. But, uh, yeah. you know, they, they interact with each other. They see yeah. each other. They're, you know, prime eternals are just, they run shit in they Messina. Do. They even reiterate that right here champions tiers i mean they just kind of go into the champion structure tell about their houses the assets the parts and then the tiers but uh they definitely prime eternals are pretty fucking stacked when you come into this page right yeah have... one thing that johnny said man is like it, it's it's hard to tell that they're all gods when it's like you're you're surrounded by them but once all the new um champions roll out then you're gonna see how much of a big difference the, the primes are like how much better they are than all the all the rest. Yep. Yeah. yeah, when you see like a hundred maestros and then there's just like two two eternals standing there, <laughs> they're definitely gonna stand out. Uh yes. Right. Yes. Right. It's not even compared to the maestros, but compared to the other champions. I know the elemental eternals are all very uh attractive individuals. They're aesthetically pleasing to the eye for the most part. But um Yeah. If you if you look on this page this challenger looks pretty ugly, man. <laughs> he doesn't, right. He doesn't look like someone that you you want to be strutting down the street with. So. Right. Yeah, just a regular. Yeah, level regular. one, nothing to him. Yep. Looks like a regular guy, like with some limited equipment and some wings. Yep. He's got. He can put weapons on. He can't even put armor on. Just some beat up old wings, and you know, they cannot breathe. Uh, they give you the least amount of everything, right? So, and this will be a lot of what is going to be on that marketplace is a lot of these guys. So, then you go yeah, I'm wondering what's the these will be NFTs, right? All of them, I'm sure. Um, quick question: the the Maestro is that an NFT or what is that, or is it just a way to play in the game and unlock NFTs? It's just a character. Yeah, I a character. I think that'll be their one in-game avatar that is not an NFT. Right. But you could probably just sign in and continue with your own customized maestro without being able to sell them or anything like that. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you could do that right. right now. You can log in and um, create your guy and then play as him. But it's not an right. NFT. It's Same just thing. like an in-game thing. All yeah. right. But but all of these, from Challenger up, all, all the levels, well, these will be NFTs. Correct. Maybe. I'm wondering saying? I'm wondering if the challenger isn't, but then maybe maybe as you tear up, maybe they become one. I don't know. That's man, that's the one question that I would have liked to to have asked. Um one of the questions I would have liked I to have asked is like so obviously the elementals Ooh. and the primes are NFTs, right? 
and and it has the amount ten thousand available, seventy six point two available. I think I think I might but, know actually. So they have that that idea of a what is it? Uh, like a sanctioned body or something? A consecrated body. Is that consecrated body. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. Is is it, so so when you defeat an opponent and to rank up, you have to bring in, you have to go and consecrate their body, yeah. And then you bring that consecrated body, and then that lets you rank up to the next tier. I wonder if somewhere in that process they can convert it from something like a non NFT to an actual NFT or something. Well, and that's the, what I, kind of what I was wondering is um, because they've talked about possibly going the route of not having a bunch of the stuff on chain. Even though they're going to supposedly a gasless um, POS on Polygon, I mean, is everything going to actually be an NFT, or are they going to allow you to pay the gold to mint something and actually make it an NFT? So, because that would allow—that's what I was thinking—to actually come in and do free to play, where you can get all of these resources and use all of these resources and it'll all be off chain but as soon as you want to actually you know um take sell it, it or something sell it yeah. yeah like you could you could use it or trade it all you wanted but as soon as you actually wanted to sell it they would take a portion of whatever that is as a minting fee right it's got to it be like that cuz i was thinking Maybe. about that today too you know where it's like so i'm a free to play player i don't i don't own any prime eternals or eternals and i just picked up the game today mm-hmm. like there, there's got to be a way for me to to uh progress and to you know even if i spend gold and buy a piece of armor i don't i don't have a wallet so how do i own like how do i own that armor you know what i mean yeah a lot of stuff's gonna have to be off chain is what i think it is it's so yeah so something maybe it represents something that's on chain but it doesn't go into your wallet until you do something with it. You use gold to mint it, yeah. or use uh, what I seen. What was also new to me, and we'll get there, is the essence crystals, and mint something. But go ahead, Mac. Where are we at? Uh, I'm, I've been jumping all around too. Y'all, all good. Y'all are driving <laughs> me crazy. No, that that takes care of <laughs> the game overview section. So now then they start getting into play to own because play cool to concept, earn. man. Yeah. Play to earn is dead, right? The, I think Axie Infinity. Play to earn. It sounds like a scam to me, to be honest. Yeah, it does. It sounds like a pyramid scam. So, and I mean, game, most gamers, when they think about gaming, they're like, I don't want to do that as a job. Why would I, you know, earning something's cool, but like, I don't want to have to earn money to play the game so i think getting rid of that is is a good negative connotation that's going to be gone so um, yeah play to own yeah so all all the value right is in nfts which is what you know the whole block this game being uh, this game being on the blockchain allows and, and johnny talked about it right is why we liked it is it allows to show ownership while you play the game so all the value we can get will be in the form of NFTs that you can then trade for any type of currency in the game and then bring it out of the game for for a currency. So you're playing to own NFTs. Yep. So it, it, it pretty much 
gives players a way to mint and own NFTs through their gameplay. Uh, play, play to earn focuses on generating and distributing ERC20 tokens. Play to own focuses on generation of assets with in-game utility. So that's that's the big yeah. thing is like that's I mean assets with in-game utility. That's what everyone plays games for now to get in game, right? Like, right. That's, like that's what the whole point of playing games is to get cooler shit in the game, so you can play the game at a higher level and have fun doing more stuff, and then go OP on all the <laughs> on the lower level shit, right? Right. That's yeah. essentially what they're saying. Like they're like they finally came through and were like, hey, we're just gonna we're not even gonna say anything about you know. If they didn't even say NFTs in there, it would be smarter, right? Because people have a negative connotation for NFTs. They're pretty much yeah. saying everything yeah. that you earn in the game is yours. Right. That's Yeah, that's kind of my mentality too. And when I'm trying to explain it to people, you know, is that, it, you know, I tell them that it originally it was an NFT project that they realized, you know, gamers hate NFTs. And so now it's just a regular game. But you have that option to cash out, you know, if you want to. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or if they know, and if they so, don't want them. Right. right. And even having it with this model, like, and I like how they use that, you know, that contrast to play to earn games is ERC20 tokens, right? So just having those tokens gives you, like, it makes you want to cash out on them. But when you have NFTs that are in game um, that have specific utilities, you want to leave it in the game. You don't have that uh, that that need or that want to cash out because you have tokens, but you want to use it and keep it in the game. Right. Yep. And you also don't want to have to pay to use it in the game only, right? That's why it's really the big one of the bigger questions I have left is like, um, are they going to be making all of this stuff on chain or doing the on chain only when you want to, you know, monetize it? all of it we mean being able to sell it and, yeah, and like we were just talking about like you yeah, only yeah. have to pay to mod you don't have to pay to go and sell it right if you had a badass say you get one of the best swords in the weapon or in the game like one of the best swords mm -hmm. for uh the rope in the game and you don't want to sell it ever do i have to pay the gold and all of that stuff to own that like when I when I found if I found it, do I have to pay to just mm. pick it up? You know what I mean. Maybe mint it. Maybe you have something, but you maybe you might have to mint it if since it's on. Oh, okay. So you could leave it in the game or turn it into an NFT. Like if you have that choice, is that what you're saying? Yes. Like you can you can it can be just an in-game asset without being an NFT. Yes. Maybe yes, yes. and then and then you go ahead and use the gold, and whatever else the essence. To mint it it's, and then turn it into an NFT. Correct. And then you would be able to trade or sell it. Right? Mm -hmm. so. uh, yeah, I think I think anything other than the in-game currencies like like essence, bone, gold, or like right now tickets, right? Mm -hmm. I think all of that is gonna be just purely in-game off-chain, like you know, it's just that's it. Anything else, though, I think is going to be an NFT. I think it's going to be on the blockchain, but we're just not going to, there's not going to be any wallet interaction or we don't have to like deal with it until 
we decide to do something with it. Okay. Like, like, like anything in game, I think it's going to remain in game. It's going to remain like without a wallet. But then as soon as we say like, okay, I want to sell this for ETH, you know, or I want to sell this for fiat or whatever, you know, then they'll, it'll be a transfer. I think they'll transfer it from whatever, you know, in-game wallet that they're using or, or system that they're using to actually, you know, our wallet. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I think that's when you can go ahead and mint the NFT. Because I think I think they're going to be on the blockchain. We just won't have any deal. Like we won't deal with it until we try to take it out. Okay. Right. 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 That, I mean, that's just what All I. Right. That's the way I think it. I see it working. You know. Mm -hmm. well, the the biggest issue I see with that is like I know they're going to do Polygon in this POS system. I'm not 100% competent on how that's going to work. And they say it's going to be gasless, which means gasless for us. But at some point, if you're doing what, if you're if you're using all of this stuff and you're doing it and it's all on chain, like you have yeah. to pay fees and yeah, gas. someone's paying for it. Yeah. So like it's, and if you imagine having a million players and they do like, if you are talking about having everything be an NFT, that includes your resources. So they're going to have, I'm guessing a bunch of different types of resources that are going to be, you know, non-fungible tokens but fungible within themselves like erc 1155s where uh you can have you know um, grass and dirt and flowers and water and all that you know what i mean those are all their own different nfts in the collection but it, each one of them has an infinite amount of separate nfts that you can create right say we're out collecting water if i have you know a million units of water and I want to sell all those, are they going to have to pay the gas to process every single one of those units? That That's going to get really expensive, especially when you want to have hundreds of thousands to millions of players doing this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's where I question the difference between an actual NFT, which is unique, you know, like a champion or a piece of armor compared to gold. You know, mm -hmm. essays in the game. Yep. Yeah. It's just right. there's, like there's no properties of it. It's just one item of just no different properties. You know, where yeah. where the other things like Chris, like essence crystals, has different properties, or like a bone component could have different properties, but you know, essence is essence. It's not. It's not a. There's nothing that different. It differentiates one essence from another. Correct. That's a, that would make it a, a fungible token. Even though essence would be in itself a non-fungible item within a larger collection, right? So that's kind of like the ERC eleven fifty five concept, exactly. So it's mm -hmm. possible, but it, right here on the screen it says players engage with the core loop; they earn off-chain in-game currencies. Currencies can't be traded or sold to other players or removed from the game, but they can be used to mint new NFTs or upgrade existing NFTs which can be used to play the game, create more NFTs, or trade it in the game. So uh, I'm guessing all, everything's going to be an NFT based on that. Because they're saying right here you can use these NFTs to craft other NFTs, which would mean resources are in it, is what they're talking about right there. So Yeah. But being on Polygon, isn't isn't Polygon, isn't the idea of that is there's no gas? No, like, just there's just gas to really get cheap. to Polygon. Yeah. 
Really? Well, Polygon still has okay. gas. Like, I have a another game that I play um, that's on Polygon right now. I have a couple of other games I play that's on Poly- that are on Polygon right now, right? And it's still, mm-hmm. it still takes gas, man. Um, gas is fairly cheap. Could be as low as a couple pennies. But if you're playing a couple pennies a million times a day, that's a lot of money in gas. Yeah, as a, as a whole. Yeah. So. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, they go into the pretty much saying though, like what we were talking about with getting the tickets, and when we do the meme boxes, was exactly what they plan on doing. Where we concept, farm- yeah. Yep, we were farming tickets, which will be like the resources. We were trading those tickets in, and then paying the gas to mint the boxes, which held the other NFTs, and then those would be like. Same concept with resources and building weapons or blueprints or anything else. So, right, right. But yeah. moving out of Polygon, that minting process will be a lot cheaper moving forward. So, yeah, I I mean, if it if it costs us anything, it'll be literally cents. You know, <laughs> and, and I don't know how they're going to do this gasless. What they're saying, but most likely, what's probably going to end up happening is gold will be the gas that we are paying. Because gold, they've already said, will be something that you purchase with fiat. So Yeah. You you can purchase it. True. You can purchase it. But that would be my guess. Like the reason that they're adding gold to all of these as we go through all of these transactional mintings and um all of these other activities that you have to do is that's probably them getting us to pay for our own gas. That's what I was gonna I was gonna mention is it might also have to be a, a matter of of uh profit versus expenses. Mm-hmm. Like if they're making a million dollars a month in profit, you know, they can afford, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a month in gas, you know. They can afford yeah. it, yeah. They're paying it. But do they want to? <laughs> no. No. If they can figure out a way to pass that cost cost along, a business will always figure out a way to pass the cost along to a consumer. So, um, well, like with the gold. So, if you know, if people are buying gold or they're they're doing activities where they have to spend money in order to earn gold, then that's the gas fees right there. Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, it, it, as we get into it, it. it uh, Right here, the next page. There's a small fee associated with minting, priced as in-game gold. It's a traditional in-game currency players can earn in tournaments and for a limited number of progression rewards, or purchase it using a credit card or cryptocurrency. Each action that like the battle pass. Yep. Each action that mints a new NFT will cost the player a small amount of gold, primarily breeding and crafting. Any action that creates a new NFT will cost a small amount of gold. They can also use that their is purchase, the, purchase that covers gold. their gas. Yep. Well, exactly. I want a I want a gold node. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what a prime eternal is, because the last sentence says prime eternals holders will be granted a number of free gold claims periodically, as well as limited time exclusive offers on gold transactions. So they're pretty much saying. If you own a Prime, they'll pay for some of your gas fees and give you discounted gas. So, I mean, 
that's not a bad deal. And the in during the is that a way? Is that a way to bring gold into the system, or you we're, we can buy gold straight from the developers, straight no, from the game? Only coming directly from Champions Ascension, guaranteed. Okay, but they're giving us some. Yeah, yeah, um, but like I said, this is them getting us. But we we can't um, trade it with other players though, so it's like it's it's kind of their own internal loop, you know. I mean, you can't. They're gonna make it so that you can't specifically trade with other players, but down in the marketplace it says you can list things for gold. So, yeah, which I, you know. <laughs> Originally, I thought that we could sell Messina to other players. I thought so too, man. That would have, I mean, yeah, that's kind of how it was made out to be. Uh, like you, you own multiple primes to generate more Messina. You can sell that Messina to other players, or you can buy land with it. You know. Yes. yes. That was. Uh, but there's ways to get value, but you can sell the gold though, can't you? Like well, there's there's ways to bring the value out. That's the other thing too is like if they make it seem like you can list items in the marketplace for Messina as well, right? So yeah, they're pretty much saying they're not gonna make uh an actual an actual decks themselves of coins, but I bet you will be able to trade Messina for gold. In the marketplace. Oh, I see. So, so they can buy it, just not necessarily for for actual money. Correct. Correct. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, and you bring the gold out. Yep. Yeah, which makes for sense. Fiat. Yeah. So, so they buy your Messina for like a hundred gold. You can take that hundred gold, you know, mint your NFT, and then sell your NFT. Yep. Or, I mean, let's see. Or I think bring the gold directly out too. That's I'm pretty sure you can do that too. There's a that place. was. There's no so from what I can remember, there's no there's no exchange out except for an NFT. There's no okay. no way to convert it anything in game except for an NFT. Mm, okay. There's no there's no exchange system or whatever. Yeah, well, no. You pretty much you get the NFTs and then you have to sell the NFTs in their marketplace. Try to find the screen on about their marketplace, but. Yeah, it, it, we'll get their, there. Mar their marketplace seemed like the only place where they were going it's to towards have the end, I think. something that you could exchange for um, something that I think it's towards right the end right there at the very end buy and sell and trade assets and use fiat and crypto checkout of the marketplace doesn't really give you a whole bunch of information on it but it essentially seems like they're going to they said somewhere else in this white paper that they are creating their own in marketplace currency and that will be the on ramp and off ramp to uh, mm -hmm. to be able yeah, right to get there. your fiat in and off in at and the out. very end right there the forte's compliance framework this one not talking about this one right yeah, you're, yeah, it's the one at the the that last sentence at the bottom there. Yes, right there. Good looking, B. New currency that can be exchanged for fiat used in the marketplace. 
So whatever it is, uh, we're going to be using, I guess, Forte now to be our on and off ramp. So get ready for more KYC. <laughs> right. Well, I've already done it. Is this right. uh is that gold the currency they're talking about or another different currency they will introduce? Di different currency, man. Different okay. currency. So yeah, that's what I had thought too. Is that so? That was my speculation. Was that that this new marketplace currency would be what we can exchange things for? Mm. Like I could exchange gold for like ten marketplace currencies, or I can ex I could buy. 10 marketplace currencies for real money or i could list my nft for this marketplace currency and then at the end of the day after you know i could cash out of this marketplace currency well it says right above that players will be able to list items in the exchange for gold nfts or fiat so pretty much they're saying um fiat would be their in-game currency they're their in marketplace currency they're on and off ramp um gold is something that we just talked about you could list anything for gold and nfts if those include your resources you could essentially list if they give you the option to um spell out exactly what you want i could i could go on and say i want this this weapon is so op i want ten thousand gold i want a, this one specific shield and i want a hundred dollars <laughs> right yeah, but, so it really depends on how yeah. detailed they make the uh, the marketplace it, capabilities. So fun, fun, fun. Yes, like there's so much in here. There's so much in here. We barely. Even yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty deep. I have to admit. I think there's a lot of depth here. That, but and my main thing is just it's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of time. A lot of time. But they're building something that's going to be amazing, and that that gets us back back towards where we were at in the white paper to the participation based rewards. Um, yeah, people who are going to stick around and build with CA are going to be the ones who reap the best rewards. Um, I'll just read this. It specifically says a key component of play to own is the value created by player engagement with the game, rather than just extractive or passively accumulating resources. Players earn by meaningfully engaging with the game, competitors provide players with opponents, crafters provide mm -hmm. players with rare valuable items, creators provide players with content like raids, tournaments, or levels, curators save players time by finding it and showing the best content. People that do these things exceptionally well will have more frequent opportunities to mint NFTs. The one level that they let leave out of here is the landowners having the opportunity to create these NFTs. So. Right. Right. Those... What are, so that the last part, since you read it, like was the, uh, the curators say players time influencers. What is, what is that? Those are influencers. Just letting people know about the game. What's yeah. there. Yeah. Pretty much. They're like, like think about like, uh, Mr. Beast or people who go and play games. Like, these they they play games so other people don't have to. Jasmine Gold. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, um, Doctor mm -hmm. Disrespect, all of the uh, the stash, um, Blue Mojo, uh, all all of the uh, people, Indie Slayer, um, the people who was the guy that you were with today, Gonzaga. 
Yeah, dot dot game. Yeah, all of these people would be considered curators because they're trying to show people um, good content, right? So um, they're essentially saying they they are essentially spelling out right here the ways that you can mint more NFTs, which is the ways that they are essentially saying make money in here, right? You can yeah. engage with the game by playing with it, be a competitor and be an opponent, be a cr a crafter provide rare and valuable items, or be a, a content creator, create raids, tournaments, dungeons, any any of that type of stuff, right? The one I'm not yeah. sure about is this curators, right? Yeah, yeah I think you just mentioned it. They threw it in there. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to... I'm don't. i I'm not sure how that's going to work. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested I could, to see I could that. See it. Yeah, I could see it working with like Twitch drops or something. Uh... Or some kind of a, I mean, so there's expanding technology where you can have ga gamers that are watching, or not gamers, you can have people watching your stream actually interact with the game, like mm -hmm. by like choosing A or B, you know? Oh, cool. Yeah. And huh? so I could see a streamer like, you know, you're streaming the game and you've got like 500 people watching and you're in a dungeon and you're like, okay, players, you know, do, like choose my destiny and, and your actual your viewers can choose like a buff that you get or like the chest that you open or something like that. Mm -hmm. Nice. And so I could see something like that happening. That makes sense. That makes sense. That's cool stuff. Yeah. Those are pretty much that. And then obviously um, owning the land and controlling all of the abilities to be able to um, allow people to create stuff on your land or um, owning a maestro tower and allowing renting it out and allowing people to make these continents with your stuff. So, um, being a prime eternal holder um, keeps having more. The more we go through this white paper, the more and more perks that I see for being a prime eternal holder. Um, yeah. And I've, yeah, I actually definitely. have been really surprised with how much people have been disappointed with this white paper um, because I see so much in it. I see so much potential for this game in it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm not at all. Yeah, I think too. the major disappointment comes from exactly that part is uh, that you have to participate and play the game in order yeah. to get rewards or value. Those which lazy... I think I think that, that makes a stronger game. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, those lazy turds want to just get paid to go sit in the yard. <laughs> right. Or like Messina said, yeah. go take a dump. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pay <laughs> to take a dump. <laughs> uh, so, uh, talking about being active, let's get into essence and bone, which are pretty much like your main things that you're gonna earn from being active, right? Those are the next points in the in the white paper. Is is essence? Um, essence is going to be huge in this game, guys. Like this is, I really think essence is gonna be like the number one thing that you need to do, other than. Um, farming of resources, right? Farming of resources, you're gonna have to have a, a straight stable of of people out there farming resources for you to be able to get all the, the things you'll need to to make some really badass weapons. But even if you have all those resources without essence and the right essence, man, the, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to do shit in the game at all. So they say, essence, yeah, this is. Go ahead. They say essence is an in-game currency earned by defeating opponents in PvP and some mini games. 
Champions have an essence meter, which fills. And they have er daily earning caps. So, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Let's pull this up a little bit. Yeah, I see that. If you play every day, daily, right? So, it, it flips around. The meter allows you to get more essence the next day. So, if you log in and play daily, that's another benefit is you can fill that meter up. If you're good enough, I guess, you can fill the meter up every day. Or if you don't want to play every day, you're letting days go by where you're not filling your essence meter up and you're missing out on that. Which makes it tough for multiple holders. I think that was another thing, another reason why people were a little upset. If they're holding multiple primes, you can't possibly use them all and fill all of them up every single day. Yeah, that touches on another one of those, you know, before the AMA and after the AMA <laughs> points. Was yeah. that when I yeah when I read that, I was just like, I, yeah, I was disappointed, you know, because if I'm playing Prime Eternals or Elemental Eternals and I'm, you know, I've got forty of them, it's like that's a big fucking responsibility. Like I don't want to do that every single day. And I can't even imagine like Zintos. He's like has a thousand primes. I mean, how is he gonna log in and deal with like which one of them has their daily cap and which one doesn't and like all this other crap, you know? So yeah, but after the, the bite, uh, paper, um, the part, but the, the part of that too was the um, renting them out, right? I think that's the solution they came up with. It it's renting out and sharing that with you know sharing the earnings. Yeah, I think either renting them or else um, I don't know if you can get Essence if they're on the Glory Pass or not, but uh, you know, there's some different options to use if you don't want to do that, yeah. But but what I liked about after the AMA was that Johnny said that that basically they know that, you know, they know there's a lot of large holders out there and that they're going to try to, you know, come up with ways that, that they're not penalized for, ha you know, having multiple primes. So that's cool. I, I mean, it really comes into the fact that I thought that was not a bad idea, though, to have this. You have to do play them individually, truthfully, um, because what it does is uh, it gives you the opportunity to have to um, actually put some thought into playing your game, man. Like, you can't just go in there with, let's say, like, I unfortunately have mostly death crimes, right? Like, the ones that I was able to get on the market, there weren't a lot of Arcane or Life Primes available for the prices I was looking for, or that had good parts distribution when I was looking for them, right? So I have five out of my seven for death, right? That, like, that kind of sucks for me, and I have very little opportunity to be able to go do some of the things that are going to be required for these Prime Eternal Essence um, crystals and things like that. But that makes it so that I have to strategize which champions I'm using for which content that's available for today, right? Like, which ones do you you play firsthand? Which ones do you put on the glory pass? And which ones do you rent? Well, not even necessarily that. It's like so um, when you get into the uh, the essence crystals themselves, um, they you have to have a specific um, champion that earns those crystals for you. Right, so like if oh, you want, interesting. Like if you want to get a death crystal, you have to have a death champion earning those crystals for you, right? So mm -hmm. if I wanted to, I could make a bunch of death crystals, no problem. But when it comes to um, creating life crystals and arcane crystals, I'm gonna have one champ of each of those through the day, throughout however long the the essence meter 
takes to reset to play with, right? And on top of that, there's going to be certain content that's going to be locked by family as well, right? So if I don't have the right um, essence and family for that content, I couldn't even, I, I wouldn't, I would be fine um, playing it with an essence, like, depends on how i want to fill my I essence gotcha. pretty much you know what i mean like is my if if am i fine playing that content when my essence is already full because i have no one else that i can actually other play with otherwise or do i want to save to use that to fill my essence because i'm going to get the most from specific content right so yeah i, d I didn't realize that it was uh based on your champion that makes sense but i, I missed that part yeah, it's the first time they. Um, I was asking Mac earlier. Is the first time they're introducing essence crystals, right? Yeah. We didn't hear about this before, did we? No, no, we didn't. No. Not at mm -hmm. all. And, uh, let's see. I got the vision. And there's only up. seven essences, so one, two, three, four, five. Yep, the seven essences with the prime essences, and then the four elemental essences. And so it makes sense. I remember they were saying that it, it it's worth getting a variety or or one of each, even right. So. It might be a better strategy if you're going to have like to have seven total at least, so you have all seven different essences. Yeah, that's yeah. what it sounds like. And they mentioned something earlier about you know about uh, gathering and how your essence, your core essence, would relate to gathering as well. Like if you wanted to gather a certain mineral, you would need you know an earth essence champion. Versus yeah. if you wanted to gather some like water, you need to have like a water essence champion. Well, not, that, that I, could do it better even. Yep. Well, that's the thing too. Is like I really think so. I think there's going to be the seven essences that we have. Uh, I think there's going to be seven different types of resources, right? Or at least the, at the very minimum, the four um, houses of the world essences, and because mm -hmm. elementals are going to have an increased farming and mining capabilities, uh, I think they're going to have a base stat above what an eternal could. Get, but then I think their core essence is also going to, um, for every champion, give them an increased farming or mining capabilities on any of the essence resources that match their house essence. So well, I, I like that better than having it be random, personally. You know. Yeah. Like I like the idea that I I could I could mint a a death essence or I can mint a life essence and it's not just totally random. So I like that. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the only time you're going to get anything that could be, that's random. That's is when you take, uh, keep your dead opponents or your, I don't even know if you get to get your opponents or if it's your own champions, um, dead bodies, corpses to the butcher. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but these essence crystals. Yeah. I mean, you're only going to be, earning the essence of whatever champion you're playing with right so if you have no air no air champions you can't create any air essence crystals nor can you create anything of the modifiers that come from air so what is the usage of the 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 crystals then so like so i see right here it says minting like there will be a detailed guide for minting crystals right so yeah. you mint the crystal what does each different crystal do for you it's a store of essence so the essence is used to level up your champion or um 
I'm guessing uh, they're going to be needed. These crystals will be needed for crafting specific items, right? And yeah, I you, think they. So that's just a blueprint. So you need a blueprint plus a crystal, maybe plus Mathena, from what plus they some, say too. I, some <laughs> resources plus, or something. Yeah, yeah. Plus resources, plus gold. It sounds like there's going to be a lot needed to, for crafting anything, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so, like, they're pretty much saying, like, when you fill up your essence meter, you can spend a little bit of gold and mint an essence crystal. The bigger your essence meter is, the the longer your crystal is going to be. And that the type of essence that your champion is affects what type of crystal it is. And uh, there's, I mean, there's some really crazy stuff in here where they're talking about um, the glow can change, your crystal's shape can change, um, and they have this thing in here called a matrix. Um, it says spiritual essence in the aether or ether. Can, can become entangled with an essence crystal. There's hundreds of possible inclusions, and they're useful in gear crafting, right? So that seems like and, kind of like one of those RNG things that you can get that have a random trait added to your essence crystal. Yeah, the other thing that that they didn't really go into a lot of detail about was the refined essence crystals. No, I mean they go into it a little bit. Um, when you're talking about when they talk about uh, ascension, and if you like looking at the picture that I have pulled up right now, the all the top row and the bottom left one would be considered uh, raw essence, right? And then the ones on the the bottom three on the right would be the refined crystals that the dragon keep running to. So. Ah, interesting. Right. That's cool. I didn't know that either. Yeah, because you could tell, like, what they are—they're raw, right? They still have the yeah. ore on them. The rock. Minerals. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's like, how do you get from a raw essence crystal to a refined essence crystal? They don't talk about that at all. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. The other thing I thought was interesting was that you could you could take these crystals to level up your champion. So it's like you can invert the process. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is you can, uh, so I could go in, I could have a really OP one. That's uh, my prime, right. And go and earn a bunch of death crystals that are going to be the largest crystals possible. And then take all those and my, uh, my first breeding or my any your, breeding your grunt. That I want. Yeah. My challenger, I could just pump him full of with all these crystals and get level him up and get him ready to ascend without ever having um gone through all but one fight so we can get his consecrated body. Yeah, and if it's the NFT then you can sell him. <laughs> right? Depending on how right if that's more valuable to you to you. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. You know, like the this whole system is pretty in depth. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or the crystals themselves, right? NFTs, and you, you can sell that. So whether you put it to use and, and sell the uh, the asset, or you know that you make, whether it's a champion, or if you're forging something, or to sell the crystal itself. You know, you got to determine what what maybe might be more valuable. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, they they put in so many different intricacies within this white paper that 
it, it makes it seem like this game is going to be a lot of fun, guys. A lot mm-hmm. of fun. That's what's got me super excited. Like, you know, we, a lot of times we focus on the negative things or we talk about like, oh, we didn't expect that or we, we you know, we wanted it different or whatever. But like every time I, I come back to the white paper or I listen to the, the AMA review, it's got me so excited about this game. You know, it's going to be super awesome. I'm, I think it's going to be amazing. But the only thing is it's just going to take time. And so yeah, know, just, this is going to be a while before we actually start getting into that return on investment. Yeah. Right, right. Yep. Yeah, I see that. At least a year, I think. I, I think it's going to be before, hopefully by the end of the year, where we start seeing something. Um, where we can actually start. I really think it'll be before the end of the year that we start being able to collect our essence and bone. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, All right, let's move on. I think we're only about halfway through. And we're about, you know. <laughs> we're, we're pretty deep in. Let's keep on pushing. We're deep in. Let's go, man. Let's do it. Let's... All right. The next one they talk about is, is bone, right? So bone's the next uh, in-game, off-chain currency that they have in the white paper. Um, and in-game currency earned by competing in PvE game modes or killing or harvesting a champion killed in PvP. Okay. I don't know, though, if if that is going to be like you get some bone that you harvest from your opponent or if it's only from when your own champions die, which wouldn't make a lot of sense. So... Because this is also a, a meter. It's probably who your kids. You kill people in PVE, you get the bone, maybe, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, or or NPCs could could be too, like like animals or something. Yeah. Yeah, whoever you're coming up against. You get what the I, what I like about this the most is that both of them, you know, essence and bone, you have alternatives of, of either mini games or combat. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well. Bone you can only earn in combat. It says PVE game modes. So I mean, you're fight. You'll be fighting AI and computer controlled, but it's still yeah, combat, I'm, right? Yeah, I mean, um, like outside of the arena, basically. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. You do not have to go into the Coliseum to earn either of them for sure. So, which I think is great. I think it's awesome that that we can pick our play style. Yep. I do. I do. Yeah. I agree with you, man. Um, the one thing that I wanted to touch on real quick, yeah, real real quick. The the, so the essence says that you can use the essence crystal to craft NFTs, but it doesn't say specifically. But here with the bone, it says you can use it to craft weapons, right? So it's I guess with the essence crystal, it's like can you use that to craft weapons or is it something different? Essence is going to be used for a lot of different things. Um, They specifically talk about having essence when you're doing crafting of weapons as well. So um, okay, okay. So, but, so they kind of serve the same per- function, bone and essence. Well, essence What's the also, you have to have, you can only use essence to level up and ascend your champion, right? Mm-hmm. So your essence is a very valuable resource, dude. You have to use it for a lot of different things, whether it's leveling up your champion, crafting, repairing, or creating weapons, or, yeah. you know, there's... Okay. It sounds like a lot of different things that Essence is going to be used for, dude. And then, but then Bone does what then? Just so, so with Bone, weapons. yeah, it's, it's that's what it looks like is that, well, armor and weapons. That so, Bone is you create components out of Bone. Mm-hmm. So, like, you could create like 
like a hammerhead or maybe a, like a piece of a part that you need to combine in order to create the other items. Okay. Yep. So it's like it's like an essence crystal, right? So you take your bone, you create a bone component, maybe yeah. you take your essence crystal, you combine it into this blueprint, and so now you've got like a fire hammer versus like a death hammer, you know? Okay. Right, right. I see here that it has to match the gear recipe. So whatever the recipe calls for, that's what you're crafting your bone into. Or if you need I think to repair so. something. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, and to repair. And they were saying that if you're if the bone component you use to repair your item matches like the original resource, that it would repair it better or something like that. Yep. We get into the repairing and sharpening. Yeah. Let's yeah. See. Uh, yeah, because that's when we st they start getting the actual uh, durability of stuff as well. Because you're going to need these bone components for a lot of different things, it sounds like. Right? Not only creating, but maintaining. Um, and that's where it, it gets into what Benzagas specifically said he does not like. <laughs> it is, you know, the micro-taxes, essentially, to continue playing the game. Uh, or to maintained um active activity right i i could see like you know it it, re it reduces the duration and then after um a certain point you have to repair it but I, I don't like the idea that it reduces the the damage it does or the or the um efficiency of it you know? yeah and it specifically says that it reduces efficiency up to a maximum of 75 percent or down to only 25 percent efficiency yeah, so it to me that means like it well it gives you a reason, but you gotta do like yeah. every single fight. You know, like yep. every fight you've gotta if you wanna be at your Repair. max damage. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's you gotta it's a, a constant like, sink. It's a constant sink. So the sinks. Yep. I mean it's good for the economy, but it's annoying. <laughs> right. I mean, like, it's it's kinda cool. You know, if you think about it this one, let's say let's say you're 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 very good player and you barely take any damage but well, maybe your weapons you still have to repair but your armor you don't right so it rewards how much how good you're doing in the game too not just that you won but you wanted to very little damage too you don't have to use the bone as much so you know a little bit of life like a little bit more realistic in that way yeah that makes sense none of us were sweats none of us were you know Top ten players in the world. Come on, come on, <laughs> man! Wait till I get on, man. Look, I'm, I'm gonna blow off my controller, dust it off, and we'll see what I got. <laughs> yeah. We're still here. Still waiting on you, brother. We're still waiting on you. I'm coming. You got time. I'm coming. Though. You don't worry. You got time. <laughs> All right. So let's get into uh, crafting weapons and armor, man. Um, so this is. Where it, it again, we already touched on them basically with with the bonesmith, um, but she's gonna give you the opportunity essentially to go to Champions Ascension and craft craft a specific weapon. Um, she, I'm guessing she'll have a an inventory of uh, base items that rotate on a on a seasonal or uh, set timer, right? Think about any kind of gotcha game where they're like, okay. Um, you know, you can get these items and then after so long it's going to reset, right? You can pull this many times. You'll have plenty of options with her most likely, but it's all just going to be basic stuff, man. Um, 
says the players have the ability to craft weapons and armor using bone components. That's it. So just bone yeah. components and a small amount of gold. So but you got to get the bone components through playing. Yep. Yep. Um, after that, it t- they bring they introduce the forges, player owned crafting stations for crafting the same gear as the bone smith, but for the added benefit of cosmetic customization. Um, and Johnny specifically also said that we'll be able to uh, infuse specific abilities into the weapons. Um, it's mm. just, as players use the forge to make a specific style of gear, that forge will level up, increasing its, its ability to make cosmetic versions of that type of gear. The higher the level of the forge, the more cosmetic traits become available for that type of gear. But they have a maximum XP that they can level up to, so you need to decide if they want a forge that can make a small number of unique items or a wider array of less cosmetically distinct items. Um, this they also say wow um, cosmetically enhanced gear may require essence crystals or other resources in the crafting process this is where they talk about diamond cosmetic gear um, so diamonds which we all thought we were going to be making these diamond gauntlets and they would be like the strongest it appears that diamonds are just cosmetic cosmetic right yep so which i'm fine with Right. I mean, there's ways to make stronger weapons and everything. Uh, diamond being cosmetic, that's that's cool. Why not? Mm-hmm. If there's, it's not like there's. So it's not like there's brands in Messina, right? It's not like you can show off Gucci or Prada, but if you can show off diamond like that, that kind of takes care of that. Pretty much, kind of like showing off type of type of thing that people some people need. It might be cool to to have some kind of like. Uh, requirement on which you can put into which. So, for example, like if I go get some piece of crap, you know, tier one sword that I just bought from the the bonesmith, I, I I don't think I should be able to come and make that a diamond item. You know, I think that there should be some kind of like you can only put diamond um, cosmetics on like tier three, you know, high quality stuff. So mm-hmm. that way it kind of represents like. It looks badass, but it also is badass. But right. you didn't have to pay for it, you know. But it still had to be a good quality item, you know. Benzaga, like you're, you're the type of person that would tell me I can't put 20H Dayton's on my Mazda Miata. <laughs> <laughs> if I got the money, I do what I want. <laughs> Damn, you'll be using that that copper or what the wooden sword that it looks like it's diamond but it's just spray painted yes coat the entire sword in diamonds the first time you hit someone with it they all fall off you hit it on a stick you use for a slingshot throw diamonds on there <laughs> um, yep. we'll see what it comes up to man i mean that's that's not a, I, that's I, I understand where that idea is coming from i i can say that for sure but I really think um, the forges, that's going to be where we can make a, a huge impact in actually getting our any return on investment, right? Um, so mm-hmm. we'll see. And what that, this is how you do. can specialize. Yeah. yeah I guess you can a... choose the, the specific style of gear and then that type levels up. So that's how, you, that's how you start to specialize. Yep. Imagine yeah, if that's... you only crafted. Um, high quality whisper axes, right? 
You'd, yeah. be, the, you'd be the Gucci of Whisper Axes. So. Right. Right. And you gotta, yeah. I guess you're taking a chance because it seems like you'll start off with like an open options. Maybe everybody has the same options and everybody chooses what they go into. Mm-hmm. But uh, you'll be taking a chance, seeing what might be more valuable, or you got maybe there's a way to see if there's too many types of things on the market and you need to do something else. If you need to make a sword for, you know, uh, I don't know, whoever else, or a gatekeeper or something. Um, but yeah, that's well, kind of yeah, got to It would be nice that. if you could do that. Like, even if you had to reset and like somehow level up and earn it all back, it would be nice to be able to, to swap out stuff. I agree. I agree, especially since the meta is going to change, right? Imagine if you if they, you know, the seasons last like two or three months, and you can max out your forge, and if you play consistently, you know, a decent amount of number of hours every day, like two weeks, right? That gives you like a quite a long time to be able to take advantage of the meta, and if the next meta that Whatever you had spent all of your your resources on is just completely nerfed. Imagine how pissed you're going to be when your yeah. forge is now worth nothing, right? If you can't change your specialization. So, what I'm kind of curious about is if they actually have to do that those things in real time. Like, does that person have to visit you while you're on your forge and say, "This is what I want," and then you have to hit that craft button, or is it something where you can just generate it and stick it on the market? Uh, that's a good question, man. I think there's probably going to be um, opportunities where for both, right? Where it's like, hey, these are my rates for regular forges. That and if you if you bring me these items, I will it it will just automatically forge for you, right? And then there's got to be uh, ones where it's like, hey, I'm trying to I'm putting out a bounty. I want to build this weapon. But these are the resources I'm asking for in return to build it. So, I think WoW implemented a, a similar thing recently. I mean, not recently, but like maybe in the last year or so, where you could go to the auction house and you can do like those those requests. Like people can request, like this is the item I want to make. I want you to make for me. You know, you you give them all the all of the ingredients, and then they can just hit that button and craft it for you. Oh, cool. So yeah, do you, pay, do you pay for cool. that? So you do you have to pay when you make yeah, it? Yeah. So um, no, you. It's like they pay you. <laughs> so like they bring you all the ingredients and then they and they, they have a charge. I mean. Yeah, so yeah, and you get the money. Yeah. Cool. Oh yeah, that'd be like a similar thing, right? Like obviously, if you're gonna put out a bounty, like you want to build something, they have to bring all the ingredients for it and then pay you to use your forge on top of it. So. Yeah, so that would be nice. Yeah. And in order to get the forge, you need the land. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And you need the, the, and you need the uh, NFT, blueprint NFT to build it. So. Yep. Right, yeah. So next up for crafting weapons and armor, we have the Osteomancer. Plus this lovely live action that we have going on. To get back to this ugly ass lady. <laughs> <laughs> so the osteomancer. Um, this is where um, I think people have kind of had a big misinterpretation of the white paper, in my opinion. Um, right here, their first sentence says, "When players accumulate a large number of un- unwanted pieces of gear, 
They can visit the Osteomancer to upcycle them. Players trade in multiple items of similar gear for a chance to mint a new piece of gear with random traits, right? So this is a completely different uh, offering than what um, champions and prime eternal owners or landowners or forage owners or anything like that are offering at all. This is a service that no one else is offering, right? So this is like when everyone keeps saying they think it's it sucks that people can go to her, uh, like she's the offering opportunities that we can't. Like yes, that's true, but it's because we're what what we're doing is we're taking resources and crafting items. What she's doing is taking items, burning them, and forging them into a new item, right? So that she, what she's doing is saying rather than flooding the market with 10,000 of these tier 1 swords, if you got 100 of them, bring me your 100 swords, I'll burn them for you and make you one new sword. That's like, could possibly be a tier 5 sword, or it could be a tier 2 sword. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's it's also yeah, saying I'm okay with I'm okay with that because I like Black Desert does a similar thing. Okay. And it's it's a pretty it's a pretty cool mechanic. The only thing that I don't like about this is that it's a chance to get a better weapon. So it's like I just burnt ten, you know, ten of my regular swords, and and then I get another regular sword back. You know, I think that it should definitely be. I don't I don't think it should be a chance. I think there should be some way to guarantee that you get a. A ranked up item yeah well it's definitely saying you're gonna get something better than what you put in it's just saying a more mundane piece of gear right like you could be putting in 10 tier ones and getting just a tier two right which i mean at that point like it's your take they're, they're pretty much playing putting in gambling right here right yeah it's like do you want to go and try and sell your 10 tier one swords and see what you get from Which, that take that to the market to see the the best option you can get for your your gold that you got or do you want to roll the osteomancer's bone dice and see what she can build for yeah you? which is kind of end game stuff i mean if you look at diablo 2 and and the upcoming diablo 4 like the gambler is kind of like end game where you've got you've got like all of your good gear you've got a shitload of gold that you just don't need any you've already got everything so you use your gold and you gamble it and get an even better item than you thought was possible you know yep. so it's a really good it's a really good gold sink and i could see it being like a, like you said a good way to generate um to get rid of the the lower level weapons and get better gear but then there's still nothing that says they have to go through us to get that so they could still go to the bonesmith and then go to the osteomancer and, and bypass the primes Oh yeah, and I think that uh, when we play the game, we're gonna just acquire a lot of um, base weapons, anyways. And that's gonna—that's the thing—is um, like playing the the quests and the PVE and things like that. I think weapons are probably gonna be weapons and armor will probably be a drop, right, or a reward that you get for beating certain content. So I think they're gonna need to have a sink like this, or else it'll be flooded. It helps, yeah, because it, it, if if you flood the market with a certain type of weapon, it gives people reason. Like, it, it, even if they're very low in value, you pick up, like you said, one hundred of them, and then you go to the Osteomancer and try to get something good out of it, and it keeps that 
the market from being flooded for one particular type of weapon. Oh, yeah. I, I think playing the market is going to be huge in this game. Oh, yeah. 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 Definitely. Like, you can, like, yeah, you could be, if you're good at doing that, like buying low and selling high and, and, and knowing what price things are going for. And then even, like you said, buy 100 pieces of crap items, take it to the Ossipancer, get one, you know, amazing one, go sell it for $100, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And do better than buying that 100. Take a couple mm -hmm. dimes and turn them into a Benji. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So why not? But I mean, playing the market. Let's let's talk about playing the dating game too. Get in <laughs> next to the, the white paper. We get breeding. into the, the breeding. So yeah. Um, this is a very intricate subject, and I don't even want to get started on it. Right. All of the I will say for breeding is they have. Definitely um, made it very clear that both partners, when you breed, will have one of their stock count taken away. So you each you get three per progression tier from um, challenger and challenger to eternal effort, and then primes are going to get theirs reset. And elementals they haven't said anything about resetting elementals, so. Each one of your elementals is only going to get three breeding opportunities, right? So that means if you breed two elementals together, instead of six elementals, you're only going to get three elementals possibly. So take that into consideration. Mm -hmm. That's huge, huge. So yeah, yeah. It's and then so that these all become challengers. So the the very bottom level. Yep. Yep. And... Um. The other thing it does say too is that um, when you breed, it will essentially be taking your champion out of any on-chain capabilities, right? Um, can't be doing anything with your champion other than breeding them. So, Yeah, and, and it takes time as well. Yeah. Yep. So it could take a week so you, or, or you know, a day or whatever, but so you commit that your champion's out of the ecosystem for that time, and then uh, you get it out later. You're sacrificing a lot to make uh, the challenger, the, the 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 first introductory level of, of the Eternals. Correct. Um, so you're sacrificing a lot for that. But so, but I'm thinking like, is there competition in making challengers? Is challenges the only way to make challenges is through breeding, or Correct. will the, the only, game make some too? Not only, mm -hmm. I mean, no. Only the way to do it is through breeding. And then where is it? There's another one. I'm trying to find it. Uh, it even says that, uh, oh yeah, right here, on the overview, most experts now agree that baby champion making should be considered a high-risk activity comparable to Crocomit, Wrangling, or attempting to give the Emperor a wedgie. So, I mean, this was from the breeding guide that they put out a couple months ago, but that is essentially yeah. saying there's even the possibility that your champion uh, could not survive the process obviously for an eternal that's not an op an option right but yeah after you breed, you go from challenger to gladiator if you breed one of your gladiators those three times it sounds like there could be an op like you could either not make a baby or you could ha champion could die so damn that, that's some kinky shit over. going on <laughs> look at it i mean yeah <laughs> there's some they're, they're monsters for a reason bro <laughs> Airing it up. Right. You know, it's like dying during childbirth or something. So, but yeah. 
The one thing they did point out, though, um, players can offer their eternal and gladiator level champions for other players to use as siring partners and earn a free from anyone who wants to use their champion. So if you have one of those, you know, 3D, 2E champions that are like, you know, a 3P as well, you're going to want to make that money. You could, you could pimp out your champion for some high, high gold fees, baby. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Yes. Especially if, uh, you know, if you got a death, you're looking for another death, and you want the best sire possible. Mm-hmm. And this is another situation, though, where if you're offering your champion up for siring, you are locking them. You cannot use them in the game or any other activities that interact with blockchain. So... That's a, that too. That's a big uh, cost that you're giving up by uh, just offering up the option to be used as a siren partner. So that is that's part of the passive stuff too, though, right? So if you don't want to play all of the champions you have or play at all, then you can just keep them there to breed. Well, that's that's completely different. Like you have the three pool, the three um, breeding slots, right? And you can either if you I don't think you can put your champion in the player glory pass if you want to try and sire them out because they're locked from doing anything else. Right, right. So you can choose whether you want to put it in the glory. Say, say you you're doing pat, the passive thing, either put it in the glory pass or put it for breeding for breeding. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's start talking about progression. Moving up in tiers, man. Let's go, go, go. That's you know? yeah. I think we covered a lot of that, right? So, uh, yep. you need the uh, the crystals. You need Messina. Yep. You just have to make sure. One thing that a lot of people didn't talk about is you have to use your essence um, to level up, right? It says when a chess champion's level increases, the essence also provides a boost to their combat stats, making them stronger, more formidable in battle. When raw essence is used, these stats may be increased somewhat unpredictably. However, when the refined essence crystals, players are giving a preview of which stats will be impacted. Um, uh, so to me, that means like, okay, I can go use my, I can go out and play and level up my champion and fill up their essence meter. And then when I go, you know, when that essence meter is full, I can level up my champion or I can create a crystal. If I level up my champion with that essence, the raw essence, um, my stats are gonna like I have no idea what they're gonna be increased to. But if I use a crystal, I can see specifically what's see. going to be increased. And what that mean what that tells me is based on like if I use a bigger crystal or a crystal with a different matrix or that had more inclusions in it, like I could have different stats coming out of my champion. Yeah, or or possibly the the essence type, like if you use a death crystal. Yep, and like so, to me that brings in so many different aspects of um, what you could possibly get out of a champion. Even if you had two champions that are the exact same house, family, and parts, and part rarity, you could still have two completely different champions based on essence crystals and stuff like that that you use so this this right here brings in a lot of complexity yeah it's crazy yeah for sure 
not even to get into and, and and good selling points if i have a, a refined you know life essence crystal how much is that worth to you exactly and especially if it's the the 16 centimeter one with uh, the cluster and you know, all these infractions and you know, once once we figure out like what's going to happen you'll figure out what's going to be the most meta for the season but that doesn't even take it like all the stuff doesn't take into effect one thing that nobody has talked about even after the AMA or during the AMA was this page that we're on right here feats. the feats the feats i think it's i think this is brilliant i love it man this is this will not only change what people see as like the core gameplay but it changes it with every new season so pretty much the feats are going to be essentially what they're saying with each tier as you progress you unlock another feat slot um, you're going to earn these cards and additional cards will be introduced via special events or player progression right um, so one of the ones that they the two examples that they gave for a feat card that you could put into these slots would one was instantly recharge dashes getting hit or claws and fangs inflict bleed dealing 6% of opponents maximum health over 10 seconds like imagine when they have hundreds of these different cards all they're doing is giving your champion extra abilities and they're saying by the time you yeah. get eternal you will have five extra abilities that you can change for your champion would be my guess with each different battle that you go into so like, this gives you the option to if they are changeable um to fine-tune your champion based on the battle that you're about to go into right wow and that so how do you get the actual cards do you get them just based through gameplay because you, you increase the slots but i wonder how you get the cards too um, it says uh, the old, they only talk about earning seasonal feat cards um, by competing in tournaments or completing special challenges like in that are oh, in the okay. glory pass. But mm. I mean, so you got to earn them. Yes, you have to earn them. Um, they talk about uh, um, as you progress and ascend, you unlock more feat slots and cards, um, which to me means like they're gonna have a base set of cards and as you level your champion up it'll just be like a milestone progression that you get to unlock this feat card where it, everybody that's hit that level will have that feat card unlocked right it's the seasonal feat cards and the marquee feat cards that i think are going to be different um, okay. so we'll see i want to see what these marquee I can see feat cards that being are pretty cool I think that's going to be so OP, and it like again with you, the essence crystals giving you the options for different champions coming out of all of your progression, and then having these feat cards on top of it, like they're literally giving you endless opportunities to have millions and millions of different champions out there. Right. I think I different think it's amazing. Like as as a, a gamer, I I like to min max. And this is getting, you can spend a long time doing that. And uh, like when we, when we figure out the meta, like some things are going to be super valuable. 
Yes, I agree. <laughs> for that per for that perfect build, perfect armor, perfect weapon, perfect feats. I mean, mm -hmm. it's gonna be or the way you like playing too. Yeah, like you use the cards that prime eternals are gonna be the way you like cheap compared to the gear and stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the thing too. Is like by the time it comes to the fact, like to get that perfect gear setup, it's probably going to be more than a prime. That's that'll be funny. But but that'll make it so that a regular eternal will be able to compete versus what a prime can develop deliver for some content. So we'll see. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be crazy to be honest. Like when when we talk about like sponsorships and stuff, can you imagine like Pepsi coming in, buying like, you know, you've got this ten thousand dollar gear worth of <laughs> gear and and weapons competing against another player that's got you know similar setup. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'll be fun, man. That'll be a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Win esports, right? It's possible. I mean, watching the three versus three, it's possible, I could say. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. Especially when they come out with, you know, they're going to do 2v2, 4v4, 5v5, probably, man. Like, yeah, free-for-all, too, is, looks nice. Yep. 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 So moving right along, we go into uh, tier progression. Um, they have the Challengers, Gladiators, and Eternals. Yeah, three different tiers. Huh? Yep. Eternals are, that's Elemental and Prime. Nothing right. really new here, other than pretty much saying, um, as you improve, you're going to get access to new new stuff. Um, they do talk about the Consecrated. This is where they first bring in the Consecrated corpses. Um, to perform an Ascension ritual, uh, they go to the Ascension Temple with a Consecrated corpse, the same tier, the Writ of Ascension, and Gold. So, this is where they first talk about Writs of Ascension, and first talk about Consecrated corpses. So this next part is something that I still don't quite under understand. Um, but again, they haven't introduced feats yet, but they're talking about a Celestia Surge, which um, once an Eternals reach their top level, you can uh, um, unlock an additional feat slot by spending Essence. So this, I mean... Obviously, they think feats are going to be a major thing if they're pretty much saying you can spend essence, which is one of the biggest resources that are most used in this game, to add a feat. So yeah, yeah, it's reach their level cap. Yep, <clears throat> only temporary. So it's like, how much yeah. essence do you how many how much essence do you want to spend on keeping this one extra feat slot? And how much is it worth it to you? So so what that sounds to me is it's like instead of instead of leveling up with your essence or instead of um, minting crystals, you can uh, you can consume your essence by applying this this celestial surge. Yep, to only a maxed yeah. out eternal, <clears throat> right? Because once you're eternal and you reach your top level, you can't ascend anymore. So ah. They're just saying, rather than having the opportunity to ascend, if you want to spend all that essence and get another you get feat another slot. slot. Get a bonus feat slot. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. And then okay. and then as you, it probably is, you know, it's time, it's only for a certain time limit. So as you continue to play and earn more essence, then you can, when your time runs out, you can unlock it again. Yep. Do it again. Yep. Right. So 
that's going to be an interesting concept once we learn more about these. Um, same thing with these Rifts of Ascension. I'm, I mean, they don't have a lot of information on it. Uh, you just say players earn the ability to mint a writ by competing in skill-based tournaments and progressing on the seasonal leaderboard. Mm-hmm. Right? That's literally the only way that you can earn one ability to mint it. Um, different actions may demand a different number of them or of a higher affinity writ. But Prime Eternals create especially powerful golden writs. So... And they're used for what for these these in particular? It doesn't. They don't Powerful have a lot of yeah. unique rewards. Um. Okay. Just you have to use them to right another thing to earn. You have to use them to ascend your champion, right? The writ of ascension has to be used to ascend a champion. So okay. Um. This is another one of those things where, like I said, uh, they're introducing multiple layers because it's going to take multiple writs of ascension, and they have different rarity. So again, like say you went and you had a super strong death champion, and you used all super strong death crystals on him, and then you use golden writs of ascension to send him, to send him all the way to eternal. Right? You're gonna have a different champion than if you had the exact same champion with all the exact same qualities, but used like life crystals on him the whole way and the lowest tiers of Ritz to ascend him. He's gonna have different stats than that first death champion. So Ah wow. Yeah, it also says that they'll be used for your for user generated content and that uh you'll be able to unlock powerful bonuses and unique rewards. Yeah, we'll see how the, I mean these are one of those things where it's kinda like we just have to wait and see. But another layer of complexity that they're introducing into the mix, man. So, all right, let's go, man. We got it. We got to speed through these. All right, death. Next, everyone dies, right? But it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, mm-hmm. it obviously, you know, when people start breed overbreeding. You need death. You, you need you need less champions so that the price it's another sink go down to zero, right? But then yeah. they, yeah, you can, um. Either use a writ of ascension and gold to resurrect your champion after they've died, harvest the corpse okay. of the butcher, collect its bone and essence for use, or take the corpse to ascension tower where they concentrate, consecrate it for use in ascension. So, um, let's go more into more uses. Yep, a few uses. Mm-hmm. If you decide to resurrect them, they have this ugly ass dude, the necromancer. Um, they say. For a short period after the champion's killed, they'll remain in a soul state. That's the only time they can be revived by the Necromancer's Beast. Um, gold or Ritz of Ascension to re- uh, resurrect them. Then the interesting part is once they re- resurrect, they have a chance of being branded with this mark of my ass. Right? I thought this was cool. This is super cool. Um, if they do get marked they's added to their metadata and they're can no longer breed. Wow. Can't breed. Right? It's yeah. just, so they can't breed. But if they ever get all the way to eternal ascension, they get a feat that can't get can't be gained in any other way. Right? It doesn't say if it's a good feat or a bad feat. 
but it's an additional feat that you can't get in any other way. Um, yeah. So this is a very, very interesting concept that they're they're throwing in there, man. So. Cool. It's pretty cool. I, I I can imagine lots of different things they could do with this, like you know, access to a black market, <laughs> or like this being part of some kind of a shadow clan that you get different quests that only people that have the mark can can get access to, or. Um, just all kinds of things. Like maybe you, you you only see other Shadow Clan people that are marked, so you guys know that each other are, but nobody else knows. <laughs> you know, like all kinds of cool stuff. Well, not only that, but it also could be an attribute, right? Where it's like every one of your attacks now deal uh, like two percent extra like mo- death void voice. damage or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You never know, right? Like, or it could be something bad where it's like each step you take, you're you lose a half of a life point of health or you know what i mean who knows <laughs> that would but, suck yeah it's like or you could lose half your health or half a percent of health every second but you uh gain a three percent chance or three percent increase in damage you know yeah uh, so the no breeding that's pretty big especially if it's a if it's a prime eternal you, well mm-hmm. it only happens when you resurrect them so it's never gonna happen oh, right. oh okay gotcha right. this will yeah, only ever yeah. happen to this challengers or gladiators yeah and it gives you it gives you a reason to uh resurrect your character and keep them going too, it does right like yep. it's incentive to do that yep especially before we figure out what the uh these feats are going to be right the first person that comes out and it's like your your champion now eternally makes a flatulent sound that's weird <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like every step right. your champion takes you farts <laughs> the, the the spike sound follows you around forever, right? Like, who knows? Spikes like, from the arena. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? That could be if it's something stupid or silly like that. Like, why did I just waste all my time trying to do this? Or it could be something OP. So we'll see when it comes out. Yeah. Um, but if you don't resurrect your champion, they go and their soul state, you know, expires. They turn into a corpse. Because the champions are NFTs, it changes the metadata and puts an image. Their image changes to a sheet over their dead body. And all that can be seen is the house, family, and tier. So, um, yeah. Nice. At that point, though, once they are a corpse, you can take them to the butcher. And this big, beefy bulk of a man (laughs) will be your bank. So... This is one way. Well, in is, essence, yep. This is the one way where you can change the essence of your of a crystal that you want, right? So, if you have a champion that dies and is say a life champion, but you really need some bone crystal, you can bring your life champion here, and he will bank it for you, and then it says you can choose which champions they want to distribute these resources to, the essence can be transformed into this selected champion's house when withdrawn. So, um, this guy is uh, going to be a very vital resource in the game. Very vital. Nice. Alright. Got it. Now let's get into the meat. The Messina. The Messina meat. Oh, man. When I was looking through the white paper, I kind of skipped through everything else, went straight here. I bet you did. This is Lestina most... land mining. <laughs> right? 
This is the most important part for anybody that that was been here before White Paper 2.0. So right, right. Uh, the only tier of champions capable of generating Messina on their land are Prime Eternals. They don't really do yeah. much. And like I said before, right? And it's 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 not staking, right? It's uh, you're generating it on the land, and and through through the kind of the mechanisms we went through, right? Um. Uh, harvesting or you know uh creating you know creating tools and i mean uh, creating weapons and things like that yeah I, I think that's what they mean also um leasing things out too right so you, instead of staking you're building something on your land you're using the the blueprint nft and then you can lease those out to others so instead of like a staking thing you're developing your land and you're either using uh you know you're selling things or you're or you're leasing it out. Yeah. But doing that you have to play. It's all about playing. All about right. playing. So, this is also where they start talking about sanction land, which is what they're going to be bringing up for this this tournament supposedly coming up. Um they didn't say when the tournament's coming up, so I'll be surprised if it happens anytime soon, but uh, they because they have a lot of figuring out to do on how they're going to um introduce it. Yeah. Right. This was the part too, where I think everybody had those questions. Well, what about the um, the perks, right, with the uh, the founders land? When it says that, it kind of saying that you have to win a tournament to get sanctioned land. Yeah. I'm thinking, right? Do you think you have to win, or do you have to play? So this doesn't have this doesn't have anything to do with our founders land, but you still got to kind of win a tournament to get other sanctioned land. Yeah, no, I think what it, I think what it's going to end up being is the higher you have to participate to get sanctioned land and the higher you end in the tournament's ranking the the sooner you'll be able to choose your land or the bigger piece of land that you get right mm-hmm. like whoever is number one will probably get to choose the first piece of land and it will be the biggest piece of land so right or that has the resource nodes on there or yeah. you know the first choice on the map that they want a good location Yep. Yeah, we'll see how they roll that out, man. But that's that's exciting. I think this part when they do roll the land out, I think that will be like the next big thing in the in the whole game, really. Um, right. Well, the next big milestone. Let's put it that way. No, they've got a couple more to get. Quite a few more. Well, this is a huge. This will be a huge milestone for the game. This will be huge, huge. This when they come out with land, they'll come out with land when they're after or just before they're ready for full public release. So. This will be mm-hmm. a, a big, big, big milestone. Yeah, yeah. Probably just before, probably yep. just before, or a little before, right? Yep. Because yep. the land has to kind of be set for the game to start, really, right? So people mm-hmm. have to own the land and have it in the map and all that. Well, you have to have the land set up, and you have to start building your forges to be able to be able to support an economy, right? So. Yeah, yeah. So excited for when when that will be yep and the big thing on this page with the land is the sanction and the neutral land and and they made it pretty clear that the sanction land is something that we'll own we can set up shops and forests and all that kind of stuff on i, I believe um but the neutral land is just for resource x, x you know that's it um only anybody can come in and take that it will be land up for grabs the sanction land yeah. it's not something 
that can be up for grabs. So there, that was a big thing that was iterated, reiterated on in the AMA that's not in the white paper. So right, right. Uh, Which it's interesting to see how that will play out in the game, right? If people can even walk through your land or not, if it's sanctioned. Yeah. But I, with neutral land, it looks like it's you know it's kind of a free for all where if if you can win a, a piece of land that you want, you can defend it. And then if there's a land that you do want that's defended, you can try to break through their defenses and, and take it and set up your own defenses. Yep. I think, right. I think the sanctioned land, um, that's going to be places where you set up forges and things like that. So you'll want it, it to be open and be able to have people to walk through it. So. Okay. You think you can, uh, can we sell our land or do you think it's just uh, once you've got your, your. Uh... I sure hope so. I mean, they talk about being able to rent your things on your land out. Um, I think that would be with the land. Actually, yes, you will be able to sell your land because they specifically say it will be land deed NFTs. Any NFT, you'll be able to buy, sell, or trade. So, yes. Nice. Yeah. Um, then they get into mining. They literally only specifically talk about elementals being really good at mining resource nodes. Um, and they do talk about uh, ex accelerated rate depending on the champion's house. Um, fire elemental could efficiently harvest magma, but an earth elemental be better at harvesting granite. So, yeah, there they talk about slightly about blueprints necessary for construction buildings, defense structures, mines, forges, shops, towers, and dungeons. They need to expend mm -hmm. to, cre to create just a blueprint NFT. They need to expend Messina and a small amount of gold. And then everything that's required is consumed. Um, right. It's another sink yep. for Messina than, you know, gold, which is going to be pretty much money, right? Pretty much Both money. Of those. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing as the maintenance and upkeep. Um, buildings become less effective over time. Use Messina to bring it back to its original state, which is just another sink for Messina, which is not a bad thing. All right, then we get mm -hmm. into primes. They say specifically lay it out here in the white paper that prime eternals hold a special place in the ecosystem. They are reiterating the fact they will, they, they like prime holders, they know they need to take care of us. So, yeah, yep. And they, they said that from the beginning. Yep. They, yeah. similar to franchise memberships, holding the prime offers players access to discounted materials, consumables, exclusive rewards, and opportunities to participate in the partner economy. So, right. partner economy. Partner yeah, economy. And, you know, um, Castle Messina, he came on the pod, our last podcast, right? When yep. we had the anniversary yep. podcast, he, that's when he brought this to us when he spoke about this. He did. Like, hey, we're partners in this. Yep. We're building. We're bringing people in. So yeah. Go and ahead. The, the, I mean, <clears throat> they're essentially saying, and this, and I've said this before on Primeize, like they're essentially helping build what I think is going to be the next meta and video game, where we've already seen with Roblox, Minecraft, um, Fortnite's coming out with Fortnite build stuff now. It's like players want to take their ideas of how they think the game could be better or more fun, make it and share it. Right. And that's going to be the next big meta. And what they're doing 
Champions is doing is saying, we see this, we recognize this, and we want to provide a platform for you to do this within our ecosystem, within our concept, with our assets. So yeah, they yeah. and give us the opportunity to be able to make money off of it, right? Players can yeah. create events such as tournaments, boss raids, and charge an entry fee for players to participate. So mm-hmm. yeah, and the, yeah. And, the, so, and they spoke about the U- UGC towers too, yep. right? Even even above. Yeah, I'm wondering. So we so we get to create our own game through the tower. I'm wondering what type of game that would be comparable to, like a game that we get to create. What, what type of game? Like, what does that look like? What what games are out now that compare to the types of games we can create in the tower? Uh, I was trying to visualize it really, like like what the, what are those like? You know, I just a question I, I have. I think it would be. The towers themselves are just going to be um, actual, they're going to be arena combat, right? Um, it's going to be an opportunity for us to make our own smaller arena, though, that changes based on each level of the tower. So, it talks about it a little bit Is, further in okay. to the white. I know we can hold tournaments, so okay, so it's yeah. like where you can maybe hold tournaments in or things like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know too many games that are like that. I know one of them. I mean, it's not really like this game at all. But there's a game called Wizard One Hundred One where you can like you start at the bottom floor of a tower, mm-hmm. and you get um, you you play against more challenging and more challenging players as you go to the top, and you try to get to the very top to like defeat the 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 boss level or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it says right here, um, towers are PvP mode where they attempt to tack and steal tower coins from each other's towers while keeping their own tower safe by fortifying it with defenders, traps, and upgrades. And then there's a leaderboard on that, right? So essentially, it's like it's a a tower defense game, right? Like, um, a lot of games are set up like this, but it's uh, the way they're providing their tower defense is by levels, right? Of, Of arena combat. And they're giving us the opportunity to um, make each one of these levels individually tailored to whatever we want based on the NFTs that we have. Right. So all of those meme boxes that we were minting by playing the game and getting these little um, stickers and emojis and pictures and uh, the the creeds, the the records, right? That and then the the pets that the were as well as for being holders all of those yeah. provide boosts to each individual level and there's in numerous different individual traits and they'll probably change between now and when it goes live right? but this is a yeah again yeah. another way to create a lot of different complex content for people to be able to consume and i, I think it's going to kind of be like what Gonzaga said where like you fight against it and you keep trying to progress up the floors, and then once you get to the boss floor, once you beat it, the the tower's gonna have a reward, and if you beat that tower, you get that reward. So. Okay. Yeah, and it goes into a little bit in there. A little the bit. Maestro challenge, but yeah, let's not skip the... Where are we at here? We also have uh, tournaments that they're gonna be coming out with for user-generated content. These are just the two things that they've coming out with that they're letting us know so far. Right. Yeah, I was going to say that um, I think this is more of like a prototype for 
the their plans for the future. Mm -hmm. They they need like a they needed like a proof of concept to say like, okay, the, like we so the users played the game, the users earned these tickets, they minted these things that they can now use to generate user generated content. And so it's going to be like an example of of what's going to happen in, down the road is as we're playing the game, we're going to be earning like other things that we can use in other other user generated content. This is just kind of like that first proof of concept. Right, right. Yeah. No, I don't disagree. Right. Um, Let's go to, uh... I'm just excited for when they, we have enough players to uh, come out and consistently fill out the tournaments like we did for the first blood tournament. That was fun. So um, We skipped over. Let's touch back on it really quick. Champion rental because this is a yeah, major, that's what I was gonna say. major yeah. component of uh, what is all of three paragraphs. Right? Uh, yep. Says players will be able to offer their champions for exchange for gold fee or other terms specified by the owner. You can you can determine how long, how much of something that they have to you know farm for you, the maximum number of crystals they can mint, um, how much gold they may have to get for. Like, there's so much, yeah. so much that if they do this correctly, you can you know write a very detailed contract for your rent for renting out your champions so yeah yeah it's, it starts with just prime eternals but then all the other tiers will be you could allow to rent them as well yep and then the thing with um renting that's going to be different than the glory pass is and johnny reiterated this during the ama is when you rent it you the who you as the owner no longer will be earning anything from it beyond what is agreed upon in the rental contract right the person right. playing it will be the one that is filling up the essence meter of the champion and, and you know retaining those assets they'll be they'll essentially be leveling leveling up your champion and uh, creating you know making your champion better or possibly better for you whereas the glory pass um it has no effect on your champion, nor does the person who's playing it get the opportunity to farm the resources that they would if they were playing with their own champion or renting them. So, no essence, no bone, none of that kind of stuff. Only in-game content that would have been provided, no matter who's being, who's playing it. So, mm. so it seems like the champion rentals are uh, maybe a better route to take. It really depends. If during the during the beginning of the gameplay cycle, I would one hundred percent agree. Um, mm -hmm. If if they don't put a cap on the glory pass when we got to talk about it, like the the possibility to make a lot of monies down there. So, uh -huh. all right. Um, let's talk about. We all know there's pets. They have uh, their utilities goes over them. Um, and this is where it says pests can have costumes to earn in-game, right? So, if they're going to have costumes for pets, there's going to be so much customization options in this game, guys. It's going to be so cool, crazy. Yeah, right, right. Lots, lots That's of opportunity pets, right? for vanity spending. So, okay. let's see. And we know that they have their unique, their passive abilities, all, all the pets. They yep. had a whole breakdown in that. Yep. So, you can feel free to go research that more on your own. We're just touching base because we've already been talking now for over two and a half hours. 
we appreciate everybody for listening this far in. If, you, if you're still here with us, hey, uh, it's a big white paper, right? It's deep, <laughs> very deep. So yeah, yeah. Then they get into free to play player on ramp. They specifically say they wanted to make this free to play to bring in a wider base. So um, yeah, this is one of the things that that hit me. I think where was. Is this the first time we they talked about this at least or put it in the white paper? Is it free to play to, to even start or to even play? I mean, I, I, think, I think so. They always intended it to be free to play, but this is the first time I think they've specifically spelled that out. So. Okay. Right. Uh, players will be able to, through various activities, earn the resources they need to progress in the game means that players can unlock and acquire their own champion without ever having to spend any money. Yeah, I this is, that all the way up top. Yep, this is through the Maestro system, right? Uh, this is kind of where it's, you know, a little different. Um, it says they need to have two different dimensions that the Maestro's focus on. Account-bound Maestro progression, um, Various challenges and quests to earn resources level up their account. It's important is it unlocks new features and game modes and access to better resources for champion breeding and training. So the second mm-hmm. dimension is related to the Glory Pass. All players can participate in the Glory Pass, unlocking exclusive rewards and rare champions. Premium versions offer even more rewards. So this doesn't it doesn't make sense. Because it says a successful maestro player needs to strike a balance between these two players' dimensions of progressions. So it's like, are we going to have a maximum amount of XP that our maestro can earn? And you have to decide how you want to, like a skill tree with a limited, instead of being able to fill out your entire tree, you can only fill out half of it? So... It might it might be per champion. So like like as you do the mini games and as you do the different things that so maybe there's like two sides of it. So one is like your account wide progression just without owning a champion, mm-hmm. and then with that link to a champion that might be like as you use a champion, maybe that champion itself also has its own progression. Yeah, I'm not not sure because it says focusing on the account bound progression is crucial to unlock new features and resources. Participating in the Glory Pass, though, is equally important to gain access to exclusive rewards and increase their champion collection. So, well, it seems like the, the free-to-play is just, you know, that, that loop, right? Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. But then they want you to also pay to get in the Glory Pass, right, to, uh, yeah. to get the different things that you can get. But but here's where I come back to um, even us holding PEs or even if you hold an Eternal, it still looks like you will have to play the maestro game yep. to unlock parts of the game. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. So, so maybe like you can't leave the courtyard until you've done a certain thing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it unlocks different areas of the of the world or something, or or different dimensions. Maybe you have to do something to go to Hella. You know. Yeah, in order to even use your PE in different areas, like you have to unlock it with the maestro. Quite possibly. Maybe you have to have a specific Maybe. kind of maestro or specific Luffy maestro too, right? Because getting the customizations, which we touched on at the beginning, like one, two, three, yeah. four, five, six, seven, eight, eight or nine different customizations for now. But who knows by the time that the game goes live? 
Um, but this is the type of stuff, like if you look on the screen now, where it's talking about the path of the maestro, right? It's a collection of achievements that unlock access to different features and quality of life improvements. So are these going to be, this path of the maestro, is this going to be different than what they're talking about with the, uh, the glory pass versus the account found achievements, right? Because these would seem like things that once you've earned them, you don't want them to unlock. But if these account bound achievements, you know, reset every time the glory pass season resets, I could see why you would want to work towards, you could only work towards one or the other. So. Mm -hmm. These unlocks are cool. It gives you a reason to, uh, to play so you can get a, a bodyguard and imperial escort. Yep. Do the double jump. Skins. Do the double jump, and bro. Right. <laughs> right. You know, you can have to reach some high areas, maybe. Maybe right. jump on top of buildings. No, I was reading something. How about, general how about chat. A, a jump to begin with? The, the, I think the jump we currently have is a is kind of a fake placeholder one. Yeah. Someone was saying they like the Maestro jump the best. I was like, okay, sure, bud. <laughs> All right. So then they finally, at the like the practically end of the white paper, get into the glory pass, which yeah. is like. One of the most controversial subjects of the entire land and glory pass were like the two biggest things that everybody wanted to know about, right? Mm -hmm. There's very little in the glory about the glory pass, right? Offers a free and premium tier, allowing players to progress through the tiers by completing daily and weekly quests and earning glory. Premium tier provides access to more exclusive rewards in the free tier. In the regular yeah. battle mode, players who do not own a champion of their own have the opportunity to choose one from a pre-selected group of Eternals, which is essentially like what we're doing right now, right? We have a pre-selected group of Eternals that we have access to right now. Yeah. But what they're saying is, just like, you know, when you played Mortal Kombat or Super Smash Brothers or whatever, you had to play so many fights or win so many fights or do certain secret... Um, Achieve, uh, quests to unlock other characters. It's going to be a sit very, very similar in the Glory Pass. So, the more well, you who, do, champions are, if you can play for free, whose champions are these? That's going to be prime champions only have the opportunity. Right. Uh, let's see. By offering lock champions through the Glory Pass, players oh, doesn't say actually right here. Doesn't say. I th I was under the assumption. I swear I read somewhere that it was just going to be primes. Do you remember reading that? Anymore? Yeah, I seen that. Um, well, I think no. With the rentals said that primes start off as being the only ones yeah. that can rent out. I'm sure. I could have swore I read somewhere that it's just primes, but we'll see. That can use. That can play the glory pass. That can be in the glory pass. So we'll see. I don't know. That's a big question too. Now, if I there's guess. a free right, if, it's a, if there's a free tier, mm -hmm. what primes or, or or what you know champions are they playing? Anyone that submits a champion to the glory pass, like that's the thing is, um, you can submit your champion to the to be played in the glory pass, right? Instead, yeah. instead yeah. of, and that's the thing is like, this is the glory pass is getting rid of the active staking and that is more um what it is in my mind is if you're 
mm-hmm. actively submitting your champion to be played in the glory pass, they're allowing you to you're, you're share the revenue from the glory pass. Right. So okay. rather than play with your own so champion, free. yeah. Well, yeah. You're, so sharing, you're sharing the overall revenue. So it's not like, oh, somebody selected to play your champion for free. You don't get anything, but you share the overall revenue. Well, some the of the. Yeah, some of the free champions are going to be the ones that get used the most, right? So yeah. it might not be a bad thing to be in that free tier. So. Okay. But, what do you get for that? I'm saying, too, though. Like, just so, are you are you sharing? You're, so you're sharing share, uh, things that they make. Mm-hmm. Share of the revenue of people who pay for the premium glory pass. So okay. we have no idea how much or when or how often or any of that stuff yet. So big, big question marks about the glory pass remain. Mm-hmm. All right. Then it gets into guilds. So this was interesting because it's essentially saying they want the guilds to pledge. Right when we first got into uh, champions, they want us to choose a house. So uh, they're saying yeah. that guilds will have to choose a house as well, and uh, that will affect the overall house and political actions and all types of stuff. So the game I of like political intrigue, Dav, has been opened. So. Step in. Oh man, sir. bring bring out the Machiavelli book, bro. The print. <laughs> yeah, I like that they did this too, B. I think it was a really good idea. And it's it's gonna bring a lot of really cool things into the game. So uh Yeah, especially with the guilds that are trying to do like multiple houses. Yep. Like um the wardens, who were supposed to be the wardens of uh of keeping everyone, you know, on equal footing. I wanna see how that's gonna work. And uh TPS, you know, who started out as Death Gang. Are they going to be a, a House of Death, Death Gang? So, it'll be mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how this plays out with the two guilds that we have in Messina right now, specifically. Yeah. Let alone the ones that are to come. Right. Right. So, and I'm wondering, that, the House of Pineapple. Endgame. House of No Pineapple, yo. So this is this is mostly for really literally in-game stuff, right? So if you have a guild like that, really a Discord guild or outside, it's kind of like uh, like a social guild. But in the game, I'm guessing you can choose different houses and pledge different houses. Maybe it's an overall strategy from your guild from Discord, and then separate it up to pledge to different uh, houses in the game. No, I think your right? overall guild is going to have to pledge to one to one specific house. So, I think this is really cool. I I like the idea that you get certain bonuses from a certain deity. You know, mm-hmm. so maybe maybe if you do like House of Death, maybe they actually influence your death champions more, and maybe they'll have some kind of negative effect on like the life ones or something. Mm. We'll maybe. see. Man. I don't know. So oh, yeah. much, man. Again, this one of those things right. where it's like uh, we'll have to figure out. You know what champions ascension develops for us but it, it seems like something cool is coming down the line yes yeah. yeah yeah it's so, so involved man so much that's why i said up top it's like they're they they fleshed out their thesis and, and they're showing us a lot more of what the game will be yep 
so yep. still involved, yeah. The one thing they don't have, and that's still kind of uh, clear as mud, is the game chain. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't understand this 100% yet, so uh, I don't really feel comfortable talking too much on this, other than the fact that it seems like they're going to polygon with, I don't even know what a supernet is. So hopefully mm-hmm. some, something that uh, will, will be cheap. I don't know. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, our, our faith is in the devs, right? Because even Castellanos said this in the um, in the AMA. Uh, he was like, "This is taking a lot of energy and focus and due diligence to figure out the game chain and, and all of these things. It's not like what the game is right now, us testing it and playing it with the bugs and all that in the system. This is completely different. And then I think this yeah. has a lot to do with the partnership up top that they have been with, you know, the uh, what they call the play labs, right? Play no, labs, and, play labs and Polygon. Well, the partnership with um, who was the the investor? Oh, oh A sixteen. Yeah, it has a lot to do with them, right? So they can kind of advise through this whole process as well, right? So it's like what what chain to use and how to use it. Well, that's the, here's the thing: is like we're not ready for the economy to go live yet, so I I'm not one hundred percent sure why they're worried about this. In in six in in two months, it could be a completely different landscape when it comes to assets and these types of things, right? So like they're talking here about bridging assets. Like, I'm yeah. not ready. I'm not ready to bridge my assets yet. I I play another game that minted on Ethereum, had us bridge to Polygon, and now just this last weekend underwent a complete contract rewrite. They unbridged everybody's assets and went back to Ethereum um nfts and are using a system called mirroring where they're using another chain that essentially mirrors the ethereum chain right it's just it's and so it's the arbitrum chain that they're using and so it's like they i literally just went through the process of having to pay to bridge my stuff so what happens when they determine that you know bridging in this pos supernet isn't going to be good enough right it's going to cost us a lot of money to bridge these assets over. Are they going to do it for free when we have to bridge back out or bridge onto the next thing that's better in two months or three months? So that's my only concern for right now with all of this mm-hmm. stuff. Well, I, I, I think that's why you said they, they did a lot of due diligence on this part. And hopefully it's just one move. I think Polygon is probably the right play for this because there's games on Polygon and, you know, good solutions to the gas so we shall see we shall, we shall. See. Mm-hmm. and then there's all these reasons yeah there's all these reasons why there's there's supporting it um you know all of these are good reasons all of these are really good reasons um yeah low friction broad monitoring embedded fiat and crypto payments um multiple account support authentication um, people, they can do semi-custodial wallets or self-custodial wallets. Like, there's lots of good points here, man. I don't see anything yeah, bad of any of this. It's worth it. It's just information that uh, you can just read and soak in. So we, yeah. So we will have to literally move our assets personally. Yes. Right, right. now, yes, hundred mm-hmm. percent. So, and that's why they want right. to give all this different 
um, all these different uh, resources and support. So yeah, yeah. Then a uh, get back to the in-game marketplace where they're uh, allowing us to buy, trade, and sell in-game assets. Um, which again, I know Benzaga. I was when you were talking about uh, having the on off-chain in-game currencies um, and not being able to trade them. It still do, does say essentially you'll be able to list your items for gold, which is one of the um, off-chain currencies. And I, I, I highly believe you'll be able to do it for Messina or, as well. So, or at least trade gold for Messina. Right. So there'll be a yeah. workaround for pretty trade much Messina. Right, trade a Messina for gold, and maybe the gold is the thing that you change into fiat. You know, there's a way to do it. Yep. Right. Yep. So, and and after the after the marketplace, we get in the big disclaimer that pretty much just says, um, all this could be for nothing if they decide (laughs) they want to change the whole. Yeah, our whole podcast could be for fucking nothing. (laughs) Yeah. So, thank you for spending the last three hours with us, but they changed everything. Again, <laughs> <laughs> I think we lost Gonzaga. Oh no, it's all all yeah. good, all, all good. good, man. He uh, he's kind of been no, that's bro. That was very involving. I think that's why all the way up in the top three hours ago, I said it, the most exciting part for me was to see the way that uh, they just dove deeper into what the vision was. Right, they're giving us their vision. This is what the game is. Uh, more content diving deeper into it, and, and this is a real fucking thing, man. It, it just looks very, very good. So, that, that's what I was excited about. Oh, yeah. No, I'm I'm, I'm super pumped, right? Um, to wrap all this up, like, there's a lot of people who are putting out a lot of, um, I would have to say, for lack of a better term, FUD almost, when it first came out before the AMA, and I just don't think they saw the vision um, that I, like, when I after I first read through this, I could see what they were going for, and I was highly impressed. And after right. the AMA, listen to the AMA, I'm even more impressed, um, and even more bullish on Champions Ascension. Um, I know there's some people out there who have been listing primes, and it's like, man, if I had more liquid right now, I would be buying primes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, the ETH is going up, but primes kind of hold, you know, in fiat, it's holding steady, but. It's it's a time to buy. I I think even if even if you need a passive investment vehicle, I think it's there, right? In renting and the glory pass and in breeding, but it, you're gonna want to get some that you want to play with, at least 100%. a few, right? Uh, get some good ones you want to play with. Yep. Floor primes are fine, but definitely find something that you would, looks like you will enjoy utilizing because you will need yeah. to enjoy playing this game to get the most out of it yeah yeah uh, now, elementals are a good grab i need to get one of four you know one of each at least one of each essence mm-hmm. and i need to add an arcane to the stable yep do it i i mean i made sure i had to go and buy a grondel i think but uh after elementals i got one of each family now and i definitely have one of each essence so um, you're diversified as much as I can be without spending a bunch more cap- capital. So, uh, yep. Yo. Oh yeah. 
the only financial advice that we ever give to anybody on this uh, podcast is only spend as much as you're willing to lose. So, you know, don't overextend yourself. But uh, definitely, you, you'll still be seeing me around here another year. Yeah, and with it, at least you know you're buying something and you can play the damn game. <laughs> yeah. Too right, you're getting something for it. Let's play. So, so. I'm in, man. Yeah, I guess I guess we'll leave it our, our, our last thoughts, right? It's exactly that, bro. It's uh, we have more of their vision. Um, it, it's doable, right? It's the the play to own thing. That concept I like. You know, um, you're a partner. You're however good the game is. You're getting the assets and NFTs. You own them. You can keep them. You can exchange them for value, or you can keep them in the game. Um, I, I think they thought that through. I'm very bullish. I, I never. I never thought anything negative about the white paper at all. I was bullish when I read it. It kind of changed my approach to it, right? Which is like, I was even thinking buy a lot of floor primes and get rid of, you know, some of the nicer ones. But at this point, no, I don't think you need to stack a bunch of floor primes. I think uh, get some that you can play with. So bullish, digging it, loving it. Final thoughts, Mac. What are you thinking? Uh, I know, um, Everyone who can't, who isn't reading the chat right now, Gonzaga had to uh, go do some IRL stuff. But I, I just wanted to make sure um, to give him a shout out, thank him for coming on today and filling in for Dip for us. Uh, we appreciate having him on anytime that he, he joins us. I'm gonna anybody who's still here with us, you're fucking awesome. Thank you. This was a super <laughs> long one, but there was so much to go over, man. Um, and and that's the thing though is they gave us so much with so little like there's so much still to come um and oh yeah if if you think this has been a ride so far like the ride is just beginning and i think it's going to be an amazing ride and i'm ready for it man um like like i said before super bullish on the project um super bullish on the team and i look forward to it um i i look forward to all things nft man i'm about to go to nft nyc next week and go chop it up and try and uh you know Meet some NFT people. That's maybe get us cool, bro. score us some more interviews with some some uh, influential teams. So do your thing, Mac. Man, that's that's fucking amazing. Want a whole rundown, bro? The next show. Yeah, we'll talk about that. All right, hey, let's wrap it. Sounds like a plan, brother. All right, man. Well, everybody, thanks thanks for tuning in. At least we have something to refer to. If you if you don't want to read the white paper, you got three hours with us, and we we delve deep in everything. But we'll see you again. It's bi weekly now. And as you know, as always, prime minds think alike. We're out.